Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is Tuesday Night Titans episode number 35 for your Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I am JD from New York. As always, joined by my co-host on Tuesday nights, Mr. Andrew Baydala. I, I think the chat loved the song choices tonight. Wow. You I got to tell you something. How did we get the rights to this fire burns? Ali, we I'll, must be doing I'll something leave, I'll, right I'll, give, I'll give you a little secret, man. It wasn't Kill Switch Engage. Well, you don't say. <laughs> Listen, man, I think we might have found the new theme. I don't know. Um, people's eyebrow better than that jabroni go ahead yeah listen guys uh i'm glad you like that song i wanted to uh surprise you guys tonight because i'm in a good mood drew is in a good mood we got a big show ahead of us and i wanted to get that energy here tonight on tuesday night man how you feeling man how you feeling about that super bowl on sunday I feel good. I mean, you know, I won good money off the Chiefs. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I thought the uh, Niners would get it done. They didn't. You know, it's just a matter of um, who makes the least mistakes. And realistically, you don't give Patrick the ball, Patrick Mahomes the ball with uh, with an opportunity to end the game with a touchdown. He will break your heart every time if you're not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So good for the Chiefs. Good for Patrick Mahomes. And congratulations. I just uh, I hope their championship run ends next year with the New York Jets. What was that? Uh, what was that game watched by 126 million people? Mm-hmm. The most ever for a Super Bowl? Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Super Bowl's over. We got WrestleMania ahead of us. That's the uh, Super Bowl of professional wrestling. And uh, we have a lot to get into in regards to What happened on Monday night, we'll talk about how they are forwarding this story. Drew and I were live on Thursday with the kickoff show. We had almost 10,000 people in here, 9,700 to be exact. So from me and Drew to you guys, thank you so very much for making us the number one live stream in the entire wrestling community. The entire. The entire wrestling wrestling community. community. Everybody. Not just the IWC, the EWC, entire. That's fucking crazy, man. Thank you guys for all of the support. We are very grateful that you are enjoying what we're doing. We're going to get into Monday Night Raw. We're going to get into the Seth Rollins promo on Cody. We're going to talk about the fallout from the kickoff show. Uh, Lots of uh, fantasy booking now is taking place because of what happened on... Thursday going on into Monday. Apparently, people are stuck on this tag team match that WWE is teasing between all four men. Triple H. People think Triple H is going to come out and fucking wrestle The Rock. It's not happening. I mean, holy shit, guys. You guys are crazy. Uh, But we'll get into all that. We'll get Drew's opinion on the Chamber qualifying matches. I was actually a little surprised we didn't get any unpredictability coming out of Friday and then coming out of Monday uh, Sammy Zayn, we'll talk about him. We got some Scott Demore news. We got some AEW stuff to get into with big business being announced on Wednesday last week. We'll get into the Young Bucks thing, Darby Allen stuff. 
Lots to get into. But first, guys, follow us on social, at JD from NY206 and at Andrew Baydala on X. Make sure you guys go follow us on on social media. And then YouTube, hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And the Super Chats are yours. Get them on in if you guys want to ask us anything in regards to anything that we talk about on this episode 35. Uh, Just old fantasy book, Triple H, please. No, no, please, no, please. No Seth Rollins and Rock and no Triple H and Rock in the Super Chats, please. Otherwise, we'll dump you, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, Drew, like always, man, I'll leave it off to you, man. Uh, let's start at the top. What do you want to talk about? Well, I think we should, you know, I want to lead with Monday Night Raw, but I think we should probably talk about Scott Demore because I feel like it's the most past topic, but we could kind of revisit it here. Very and- interesting, okay. I think Scott Demore was somebody who was universally well-loved yes. by DNA superstars and wrestlers backstage. I think he truly embodied what TNA was trying to become, what TNA needed to go back to, um, and they're not allowing that to happen. Um, I think it was horrible journalism and shoddy reporting by anybody who decided to jump the gun, which everybody does. I understand. You know, People don't want to be right. They want to be first. Okay? I understand that. I get it. But it's a really bad quality when you are accusing somebody or someone of something that has nothing to do with them. Scott DeMore was not released or let go of his contract or fired, however you want to phrase it, by TNA Impact Wrestling Anthem because of any sort of misconduct that we know of. And even in the press release that they put out, and you don't think guys like John Ross Sapp and some others would have found out already, there's nothing that that collaborates anybody's reporting with that. I, so- I, I will be honest. When I first read the story, um, and I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I'm not bullshitting you. I would never bullshit you. I'm not bullshitting the audience here. Uh, that was the first thing that I thought of internally myself. I didn't go out there and, and say, you know, oh, maybe it's sexual allegations or anything like that. But with the environment going on right now in the world of pro wrestling, it's tough to not immediately jump to that conclusion right off the bat after we've seen it so much already this year. I understand that. And I think, again, um, you know, I want, I had, I'll use my own example here, right? I had heard through numerous executives that WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery were going to be partners one way, shape, or form. Like Warner Brothers was not going to let them leave um, or end negotiations without signing a deal for Raw. It didn't happen. Netflix got it. I decided that I was going to stick my you know neck out there and just be like, this is what I think is going to happen. And instead of being completely right, I wanted to be first, I guess. And it's a lesson learned because WWE ended up with the bigger deal with Netflix, which, which realistically I hadn't heard anything of. I knew that Netflix was a player, but not like that. I don't think Warner Brothers Discovery was ever going to get to that $500 million mark and per year. Um, and offer them billions. So I think Warner Brothers was prepared to offer some things, but I digress. To say that, to say this, I understand that might run through your head, JD. Yeah. But you didn't tweet it. No. But that, but that's the difference. That's the difference. I, You know, a lot of people, like I said, want to be first. And I feel like my Warner Brothers WWE stuff, although never came to fruition, was not as damaging or anything else to somebody's reputation. Like, People attaching Scott Zamora to sexual misconduct. It was yeah. terrible. You don't do that to somebody. You don't do it in life at all. You don't even, you could maybe say it behind closed doors. Oh, I wonder if this is sexual misconduct. Yeah. But you don't sit back and report that as a fact. 
you there's no your opinion is your opinion that's great but when you start to slander people that's crazy yeah and i think what happened here was scott demore wanted to purchase tna impact wrestling anthem from anthem and it just fell apart and i believe that scott demore was removed from everything that i've been told because he didn't align with the vision that anthem had of tna wrestling and that's a shame because i think his vision was very very solid well there is a report from fightful literally as of five hours ago uh sean ross sap has added more on top of what uh, you have already mentioned uh, he did try to buy TNA. Uh, Fightful Select has learned, still a shock to the roster, the trust and the loyalty that Scott Demore has accumulated over in TNA uh, cannot be under uh, understated here. Um, but the wheels were in motion for his termination a month prior to the announcement. See, that's insane. I mean that that's I mean that was. Didn't before they launched their show. They launched. They launched. Hard to kill. It was so well received by everybody. They brought in Ziggler. Uh, they ha- they got all new championships made for the new relaunch. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I-, I think they were about to hit the road. I mean, I- there was rumors that they wanted to go live. He cut a very emphatic promo post match with Will Ospreay and Josh Alexander. Uh, they just relaunched the new name from Impact to TNA. It's like a month a month prior, like. Like, I don't understand why, what, what was his vision to a point where they said, you know what, we got, we got to get ready. He's been there since, what, 2000, 2003? What was his vision, and what is Imp- uh, or Anthem's vision, and, and, and what are they going to do to further the brand, Drew, in your honest opinion? How, why, why, why was it so different? I don't know what Anthem, I don't know what Anthem, I just don't know what they do. I, I don't know what they do or how they do it to change what they had already started and created because it was a solid, in my opinion, a solid relaunch. It was a solid piece of, of business that they were going to try and, 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 and do the whole vision was getting back to like their core Anthem sports, you know, uh, I believe is still trying to recover from the Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff days. They tried something. It didn't work. And I don't know what their vision is because realistically, like this was something that was going to separate them. It was going to be unique. And it seems like they just want to be like every Tom, Dick and Harry in the wrestling business. I mean, who's going to watch WWE light or even like a fourth of WWE, a third, a quarter, whatever. That's what AEW is going through now. A lot of people don't want them to to turn into uh, WWE light, you know? Oh, that happens over there. Let us do what we want to do. We're the alternative, but. I mean, that doesn't mean everything that they do is not a good thing. Like, right. You could adopt some of those, those aspects and integrate yeah. it into your show. Yeah. I just, I, again, Scott, I Demore, Scott Demore was fired for wanting mm-hmm. to be better. That's, that's the whole, the, everything that I've read all week, Scott Demore was fired because he wanted impact to be better. Anthem right. sports does not want to take the show live on the road. I believe Scott Demore wanted to. They're not. They don't want to add any more budget to what he was already doing. Braun, right. Braun Strowman was mentioned here that he wanted to bring in Braun Strowman. Anthem said no, which is something I probably agree with Anthem on. I don't think Braun Strowman is going to make much of a difference over there. But they made major plays for CM Punk. They made major plays for Will Ospreay. So when it comes to guys like that, talent like that, they were willing to spend money. But they don't want to take the show live on the road. They don't want to find a new a new network or a new home for the show because Anthem owns Access TV. So it's almost as if they don't want to do anything more with the brand and the company than what you're seeing right now. They don't want to. They don't want to pay for new cameras, new look, 
fucking add a nice little fucking, you know, WWE and AEW look great on television. Anthem does not make Impact look great. And this is what Drew and I have said sporadically over the last few months. It doesn't look good on TV. And I'm being I'm being completely honest with you guys. It doesn't look good. They didn't want to pay to enhance the brand at all. And that's why he was fired. Because he wanted yeah, it's, to. Right. And it seems like he wanted, Scott Demore wanted to make TNA wrestling like the crown jewel in Anthem Sports. And yeah. they just wanted nothing to do with it because Access TV, I get that. And some other things doing like some game show stuff. But it seems like he really wanted to elevate them and not make them, um, I would say, like, the opposition, but he wanted to make, you know, TNA kind of look like the big leagues in yeah. somewhere where some of these major talents that are departing left and right can go and reestablish themselves, but still have the right budget, the right look, the right production, everything else like that. And it seemed like the Anthem Sports just wanted nothing to do with that. They just want to own this property so that they could claim they have a wrestling company. I, I just, I don't know. Or fill hours on of TV on their network, one or the other. Sure, but I mean, it, and they understand it's 52 weeks a year yeah. live programming, which is hard to, it's hard to sign that type of uh, media rights deal. I mean, look at what WWE gets. Yeah. Look at what the NBA and the NHL get. And they're not, those two companies or leagues are not even 52 weeks a year. I, again, if I'm a wrestler or a talent in Impact, TNA, whatever the hell they're calling it right now, I'm a little pissed off that we're looked at as uh kind of like the secondary option or something that it's not worth spending their the the focal point of their money on. That sucks. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Demore was insistent that the two sides did not refer to it as his decision to leave or mutual departure, says Fightful. There were talent who claimed that it was related to them that Demore stepped down, but that was not the case. Beyond that, Ontario, where Anthem is based, had strict employment laws for employers and is not agreeing that departure was mutual was the best interest of DeMore moving forward. So now his replacement is new president Anthony Cicione, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, into the role. Uh, Drew, uh, this this new guy, Anthony Cicione, he's never run a pro wrestling company before. So we're going from Scott DeMore, who knows the, the impact brand inside and out, knows what it needs, knows what the fan base needs, has de developed loyalty and trust with that locker room. Now he's gone, and now... In comes somebody who's never run a pro wrestling promotion at all before. What do you think that locker room is thinking now? I think it's probably like Jim Hurd. I think that's what people think of when they're going to think of Anthony. I don't, and I don't want to screw up his last name or whatever. But I mean, wasn't wasn't Jim Hurd the pizza guy that took over WCW? Am I right with that? Was it? I'm not sure. And I think that uh, they were beyond pissed off. Um, Ric Flair was pissed. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this is what they're going to look at it. I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't know Anthony, so I won't, you know, but if he's never run a wrestling business or wrestling company or doesn't have any sort of involvement in it or whatever, then, you know, whatever, you know, that might be a good, you know, new fresh set of eyes and a new vision. Okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. But I think he should align himself with guys or girls who have done this before so that he can kind of get his feet wet quickly. Yeah. Because I don't think that locker room is going to be too receptive. Yeah, which right now is going to be Gail Kim and Tommy Dreamer, amongst others there. Uh, there were rumors that DeMore tried before his termination to buy the company. However, that was only before the firing was pump- publicly known, not before DeMore became aware uh, so he did try to buy the company and was backed by a major fi- major financial institution. Um, and I thought was, well, maybe he came to them and they thought that was a, di- a disrespectful uh, gesture on Scott DeMore's part. And that was probably what led to his termination. But according to Fightful, uh, the rumors were known. Uh, he was given his termination when it was going to happen. And then he just got together uh, some backing to go buy the company. And they said... You know, we'll consider it, and they did actively consider it, but then they ultimately said no. So uh, Scott Demore was basically on his uh, last prayer there to try and stay with the company. He very much wanted to stay with the company. There was much made about the increase in budget and production upgrades coming to TNA, but sources that Feifel had heard from within Anthem claimed that many of those were actually related to software upgrades compared to anything else. The schedule for TNA for the rest of the year uh, remains to be the same, but is uh, word is that they wanted to reduce some of the cost Compared to 2023, what that means, I don't know. Cut back somewhere, uh, maybe roster-wise, elsewhere in the company. I don't know. Talent right now, overwhelmed and unhappy about the move away from Demore, as many were loyal to him. I, this, I think this is going to, I don't know if it's going to kill the company, but uh, the, the, the talent that's there, Drew, I feel like some of them will leave. And I think some of the talent that maybe want to come on into Impact will not. And I don't think Impact is going to be looked at as far as uh, people in the industry wanting to go there to get a reset, and maybe get their feet wet before moving on to a major promotion. I think the whole aura about the company is going to change from this point on. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously wrestlers and people who have signed there can't ask for refunds um, because that's not how this works. I think think Moose signed a seven-year deal right before this termination, and he was great friends with Demore. Yeah, I just think that a lot of the guys and girls who were there, some who have you know jumped over, uh, Moose Fali and... Nick Nemeth and everything else like that are probably going to be a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. If the checks come in, the boys and girls nine times out of 10 won't care just as long as they get paid. Yep. But um, this doesn't seem like the uh, right morale to have right now. And obviously let's 
you know, let's not forget about this. They might look to sell this company. Yeah. Uh, I know it goes against a lot of, you know, what people have said, what we've said about the 52 weeks a year that they're live or taped and it's, you know, it's weekly episodic television, but realistically, I mean, this, this could set up for a sell. Where do you see Scott Demore going now? Do you, I, I know I talked about this. I did a video on it, Super Bowl Sunday, right in the afternoon. Uh, do you see potentially Tony Khan ending up offering a Scott Demore or, or a Scott Demore position in the company, maybe to run a dynamite, maybe to run a collision, maybe to run the women's division, being that there's been such a uh, renewed focus on the women's division. Clearly, if he did nothing wrong and he's got a clean bill uh, of reputation here, I don't see why Tony Khan wouldn't add another loyal and valuable soldier to his team in order to make the AW product better. Do you see something like that potentially happening? I think Tony would probably, you know, talk with Scott. Um, I think it all depends on what Scott is comfortable and his vision would be in AEW because realistically, you know, he he's Scott Demore is not going to come in and, and run a wrestling company because no. that's Tony's job. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, you'd have to ask Scott what he's comfortable with. So I don't want to make any assumptions. I think people would be stupid not to call Scott and see where his head's at and everything else like that. Scott Demore, I think WWE, I think New Japan, I think AEW, I think all of them will call him. But realistically, I think it's up to Scott um, whether or not he wants to just be another cog in the wheel or whether he wants to actually run something because he's not running anything anywhere. No, and I think wherever he lands, that loyalty and trust is going to follow him wherever he lands and finds his new home. That's not uh, to say that he can't. Uh, Scott yeah. is very capable. It's just these are run the two people that run WWE besides the board of TKO yeah. and AEW. You know those get that's Tony Khan, and right now it's it's Paul Levesque besides the board. So yeah, he'll be a team player. He won't be he won't be the man, and that's uh, going to be uh, something to definitely get used to. But and that's a shame because I was really looking forward to you know TNA. I was starting to take a little bit of notice of um, watching a little bit of it because of the relaunch and all the XWB guys going over there. I kind of wanted to see what type of new characters they were going to develop there. And now it just seems like they had a rocket attached to them. And now it seems like it just fizzled out. Yeah. It's got the more. So, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs over in TNA, but uh, I will keep you guys posted on whatever comes out of that. And if Scott, Demore lands anywhere, we will definitely be on top of that for sure. Uh, as I think it would be stupid for somebody to not at least give him a call and offer him a position. Um, I guess we'll go to AEW, being that you mentioned AEW, Drew. There's some big news coming out of AEW. And I want to start with AEW on Wednesday announcing big business. And they were uh, not very secretive about what is going on because if you look within the graphic, they spelled Boston with two money signs and they spelt out the word boss. Yeah, this is the time not to be like coy. You should have just... Came out and said it. Uh, that, that 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 was my first question to you because it aligns with the ticket sales here, and obviously mm-hmm. you are uh, you are the king here in ticket sales. But big business right now currently set up for sixty nine hundred tickets. This is courtesy of WrestleTix. They have sold well. There's about a thousand seats left to go with the capacity that they've set up for that building, the TD Garden. But are they underselling themselves for Mercedes here? And if it's not a huge attendance number, are people going to use this against Mercedes and claim that she's not a draw? You know, because it's very frustrating to see this shit, man. We all know that she's a draw. We all know that she's a star, but they're going to use it against her. And it's kind of frustrating. 
I just don't understand this whole like narrative or logic. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So excuse me if this is long winded because I normally speak in sound bites because I know how this fucking business works, but it drives me absolutely nuts. I don't understand why people like flag plant. I never have what. So if AW draws 8,000 people for big business without announcing Mercedes Monet, without announcing Okada, without announcing Will Ospreay, none of that stuff, right? You guys and girls sit back and be like, ah, oh, well, WWE was there nine months ago and did 12. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Seriously, I want to know who cares. Does WWE send you residuals? Does AEW send you residuals? So why do you care? Be happy. Be, be, be glad that there's an alternative. 7,000 people showing up to a wrestling show is absolutely uh, I, great. I got to look good in front of my five followers, man. I just don't understand, <laughs> like, the... And then they're like, oh, WWE ran a house show there and had 10 grand. Great. I don't care. What? Who cares? Why do you care? Tell me why you care. This is fixed entertainment. I don't, I like, I, I'll never understand that. The other thing that I've seen circulating a ton is, oh, AEW's only drawing four to 5,000 people for Dynamite, sometimes three. Okay, listen, maybe AEW has adopted a narrative or a, I shouldn't say a narrative, the narrative that you guys are pushing. Maybe AEW has adopted a philosophy that their ticket prices, yeah, they could sell seven to 8,000 tickets at $22 and $32 and $42 and $52 a piece. But maybe they are comfortable with only having 3,000 people in the building because realistically, when they shoot it on television, it doesn't look like the son of a bitch is empty. And maybe they're, they're getting the same amount of return that they would if they had 9,000 people there, but they're selling their tickets at higher prices. Maybe that's, maybe that's their philosophy. Maybe they're like, all right, we get 3,000 people in here on a Saturday night, and you know, instead of selling our tickets at 22 and 10 and whatever, we'll sell them at 32, 42, 52, and 62. And you get the same return that you would if you had 9,000 people there because they're selling at a higher price. Now, again, do I think it's the right type of move? I don't know. I don't know all of AEW's expenses. I don't know AEW's books. But for you guys and girls to sit back and be like pretending you know every nook and cranny of what AEW's doing. Oh, they only got 3,000 people. The sky's falling. I watched those big business tickets go on sale and I watched them fly and they were priced beautifully. $32 here, $42 here, $52. Some of the floor seats were over 100 bucks. Smart business. They're not charging the five, $600 for floor seats. They're not charging $200 for dead center that WWE is charging because they're not WWE. But if they're okay getting three to 4,000 people for a dynamite or a collision, and they're still making the same ROI and that return on their investment for the ticket sales, and they don't need to sell 10,000 tickets at $22 a piece because it maybe they feel like it cheapens their product, then that's up to them. What do you care? Watch it on television. Shut the hell up. Who? Why? Well, you? Uh, we got four thousand people in here. Ah, you're dead. Oh, we got fourteen thousand over here. Ah, we're living. Do, I, do you guys sleep better at night knowing that WWE sold fourteen thousand tickets? Because it helps my business. Does it help yours? Because if it doesn't, shut up. I don't get it. I don't get it. I never will. I I don't see how people claim that as a victory. It's like that's their thing, right? That's that's their big thing. Oh, my company sold 8,000 tickets. You don't work for them. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Give a round of applause. 
I mean, you're done. Nobody works for these guys. I just, I'm, I don't, I've never understood the narrative. You don't work for them. Either of them. Let's get mad about it, though. Let's get into a fight online about it. I mean, wait till she shows up. I mean, you're going to get fucking World War III on social media. I'm, 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 I'm anticipating it already. Um, that was the other thing. What? Oh, she's, who cares? Who cares? But if she went to WWE, it was like, ha ha, told you so. She'd never go to yeah, that much. Yeah, fuck those people. <laughs> we got the, the fucking IQ of a fucking pencil eraser. Whatever. Um, Tony Khan, when he announced this on Wednesday, he had the most... He had the most smug look on his face. Like, he, he was, like, he, he wanted to say what was happening on the show, but he had this this prickish smile on his face. Said it's going to change the foundation of pro wrestling. It's going to be the one of the biggest moments in the history of the business. You know what he goes on and says? I, I ask you this, Drew, because I did say this in the afternoon of Wednesday before Dynamite aired. Would it have been a better move for Tony Khan to announce Mercedes saying that she's going to show up on March 13th, sign her AW contract instead of just playing off the fact of, hey, man, we're going to take the same route and the same steps that we did for the first dance with CM Punk and not announce him or not announce her in this case. No, I think that's where we're headed. I mean, I do believe that Tony will... I think it's more than just Mercedes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's Okada. Um, I think Will is going to wrestle at Revolution, and I think this is, this is after Revolution, right? So I think yeah. Will will be on this Dynamite. Um, I think it's truly big business. I think Mercedes is the cherry on top, and it's obviously in Boston. So for those being like, well, you know, you don't want to overshadow her debut. That Listen, they booked the TD Garden for her. There's no... Oh, or, or, or this excuse. Oh, well, she's not a draw because they're debuting her in her hometown. Okay. Bro, she, she sold a lot of tickets for New Japan when they yeah. were here stateside. So, I mean, we could stop with that. The biggest thing with AEW, fair criticism... Fair criticism is that all of these guys and girls that come in start off real hot, and then all of a sudden the, the stories don't make any sense. Yes, and they're here, there, and everywhere, and that's the biggest problem. Storylines sell tickets. Stories that you could emotionally invest yourself and others into sell pay per views, sell subscriptions, and they sell tickets. So that's AEW's biggest problem, in my opinion. It's not the fact that they're only drawing. Three to four thousand. That correlates directly with the fact that their storylines at times make no sense. None. I want to let you guys in on uh, on a little uh, operational uh, TNT. You know, open up the curtain type of deal here. I don't show this guy any of the fucking notes. We just we just fly off the uh, the fucking cuff here. So the fact that he said that it's beautiful that because it literally leads into my next question because it's a concerning aspect coming from me and my point of view because I mentioned this on Wednesday. Now, with the rumor of Okada possibly coming in, Mercedes coming in, Osprey coming in, I asked Drew, what is left for Tony Khan at this point? Because he's basically fucking poached all of New Japan. He's now working with CMLL. He's got all, all of anybody he could ever possibly want on one fucking roster. It's probably the greatest roster ever assembled. Now you said story needs to take priority and precedent here. I said on Wednesday, if you're bringing in Mercedes and you're bringing in Okada, you need to hunker down and you need to start booking the shows consistently, cohesively, week to week, and story needs to take top priority here. If you're going to bring in Mercedes and you're going to throw fucking Athena at her and you're going to throw Britt at her and you're going to throw Soraya at her and all these other dream matches and blow through them like you're blowing through fucking, like I blow through coffee in the morning, it's not going to work and it's going to fucking bomb. You're not going to bring in Mercedes and have her fucking wrestle Every single week, because you want dream matches, if he mm -hmm. drops the ball here, bro, 
I don't think anybody's going to trust Tony Khan in any regard ever again because this is a special talent and somebody that could realistically change the entire perception of that division, which has been a nagging issue from for them from day one. So if it's me, if I had the pencil, I would um, establish her first, Mercedes Monet, because she's already established. But establishing yeah. her in AEW is completely different. You Like you said, you don't want to burn through your hot uh, programs or the money-making programs, no pun intended, first. You kind of want to save those bullets in your gun so that when you do press that trigger, they resonate. And for me, Perrazzo, Storm, Hater, and Baker are the four money matches that I stay away from from right now yeah. until we can get through Riho, Deeb, Sheeta, Rosa, Athena, those type of talents. And that's not a knock on those other names that I just said. It's just when you start getting to the Bakers, Haters, Storms, Perrazzo, and even Miss Tony Storm, which I mentioned twice there, that's something that I really hold off. Because that's a match that everyone's going to want to see. And I wait. Perrazzo, Baker, those are all big-time matches. The stories are what sell in professional wrestling. It's the stories and the moments that come with those stories that hook people. Storylines matter. Stories matter. Why do you think WWE is as hot as they've ever been? They had Cody. For every person that hates on Cody Rhodes, the finishing, the story, storyline is all WWE has had besides the bloodline and judgment day yeah. for the past two years. What else have they had? But it's captivating the implosion of the bloodline, the ter- the tyrannical reign of the bloodline. Cody not finishing his story, getting the second day. Then all of a sudden we get Dwayne in. These are storylines that are hooking and captivating people of all ages, which is why their attendance is up because WWE charges a arm and a leg for their tickets. An arm and a leg, okay? This is why WWE continues to sell out SmackDown and Raw. AEW struggles with ticket sales because there's no storylines for fans to sink their teeth into. AEW is red hot pay-per-view-wise and all this other stuff in terms of ticket sales because last pay-per-view was World's End and we were getting the reveal of, of the new, or what is it, the Undisputed Kingdom? We got that, which is a fart in church right now. They seem to take a little bit of... uh I don't know, maybe my or your advice here. Why was CM Punk and MJF the biggest fucking draw for AEW in its history? Yeah, CM Punk. CM Punk's mm-hmm. a big draw. MJF is fucking great. He's been even better now than, than he was in that feud with CM Punk. But what was the, the catalyst there? The fucking story that they told. Yeah. And the history that MJF had. Fucking posters on his wall when he was living at home. Fucking wanting to get into the business because of CM Punk, modeling himself off of CM Punk. That's the story. When you bring those two things and, and you make a fucking uh, a great marriage out of it on TV, I mean, that's what I'm buying. I don't give a fuck who's there. You could put fucking pro wrestler A and pro wrestler B in that story, and, and I'm buying. Story. Yeah, and I mean, you could have, you know, we're beating a dead horse, but if all six of those men could have done business together, and Ridiculous. you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Boy, AEW's ticket sales, their pay-per-view buy rates would have been through the roof. They could have played that out. It's all about playing And then out they could have charged the fucking $250, $300 ringside. That's the thing. <laughs> the other thing is, is that, like, I, I'm sorry, but I've said this at nauseum. I, I don't give a shit about who the best wrestler in the world is versus the best wrestler from this other promotion. I don't care that it's a dream match. Great. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart had a hell of a program. It's the stuff that hooked me. That's the program. That's the ticket. That's the mat plaque from WrestleMania 12. That's what hooked me. But Shawn and Bret had a story. 
They had a story leading into WrestleMania. Vince McMahon and the booking team wasn't just like, hey, we're going to put the best against the best. Sean failed at WrestleMania 11 against Diesel. Won the Royal Rumble again. And it was him and Brett. And it was just that, you know, and then they worked on that story and then it bled into Survivor and all that other stuff. Like, you have to tell a story. Why am I invested? This Undisputed Kingdom could have worked. Have them run roughshod over a, a, a brand. They need to have a hard bl- brand split. We've talked about this at nauseum too. A brand split. That way I could I could figure out who's on what show and I could invest and focus on this and realize that this, okay, whatever. Undisputed Kingdom should be running roughshod over uh, Dynamite and they're not. They're, it, they just started last week, but man, they're not. I, AW needs to figure out which way they want to go and stick with it. That's it. Why Why did Mercedes leave WWE the first time around or take that sabbatical when they dropped the titles to the Iconics, her and Bailey at WrestleMania? It's because WWE fed Sasha at least 50 weeks of Riot Squad matches every week with a fucking revolving door of partners. I've documented this very well on my end. And then she comes back, she turns heel, she goes after Becky, and things are looking good, and then she teams with Naomi, and then they they drop the ball again. Creative with shit. They fucking took the titles away from them. They didn't want to make anything with the titles. She left, you know, and then, then things became about money because she realized how much how valuable she is, and good for her for getting her money. I mean, I don't blame her, but you're going to bring that woman in. You know, you got her paid. Great. You know what else that woman gives a shit about? Fucking, like Drew said, you know, moments, memories, Things making sense on a week-to-week basis. Story. Mercedes is all about the story. She's been about the story since day one. You're not going to bring this woman in and give her fucking dream matches. You could do that elsewhere. She don't need AEW to do that. So if Tony drops the ball with this, not only am I going to be pissed, he's going to have a lot of fucking people pissed because this is something that people are looking at as on par with CM Punk. Because, you know, listen, nobody thought Punk was coming out of retirement. And someone like this, who's born and bred WWE, this is unheard of. Nobody had this on their bingo card. Sasha Banks coming to AEW? No. No, and that's the thing. You know, here's the deal. You, for everyone, was like, I don't understand why Tony, like, he's just going to. First of all, Tony Khan is smart. He's a very, very numbers-driven man. And what he's done is he's been able to land some of the biggest free agent fish out there coming from WWE or ex-WWE talent. You know, he's got to take the chance. Why not? Mercedes Monet? How many times are you going to get the opportunity to no, sign never. that type yeah, of no, thing? Yes, he, had, he absolutely had to. But why are, they, why are they going there, though, Drew? Is, is it all money and, and that's it? I mean, they're using Tony to get paid and that's it? I don't necessarily think it's just that. I mean, money is a lot of things to some. It you know, it's always about cash and creative, in my opinion. I I think that's Jim Ross's line. Yeah. He's a hundred percent right. It's always about cash and creative. If the create if if the cash is right, sometimes you'll put up with bullshit creative. But realistically, do you think Mercedes Monet is going to put up with bullshit creative? That's the reason why she walked no. away from WWE at the time. And I just I I don't think it's it's solely about the money. It's a lighter work schedule for sure. I think, you know, Mercedes probably would have gotten a good schedule in WWE too, but um, I think she's allowed to be an artist there. There's a lot of things that you can't do on WWE TV. Um, You know, Netflix, you might be able to change it. We saw a little bit of the production change on raw this past Monday or last night, but you know, guys like Adam Copeland, guys like Christian, Christian was kind of thrown 
like out in a in a bag and said, get the get the hell out of here. And base and we don't we don't need you. And look at what he's done. Like when you could be an artist somewhere and you could paint on a different canvas, that's appealing to a lot of people. And that's what they got. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Okada's coming in. This was reported by SAP and, and Fightful. He is definitely in. Apparently, uh, uh, he's not going to WWE. He, he's expected. Shocker. I mean, yeah, really. He's expected to sign with AEW imminently. Fightful learned that Kazushka Okada is headed to AEW after leaving New Japan. They were told that the deal was effectively agreed to in the last couple of weeks, but we haven't confirmed that Penn has been put to paper, as we're told, it's being finalized. AEW's been confident that they would land him for the last several weeks and even as far back as mid-January. So WWE talent sources that they spoke to in Las Vegas claim that there were talks between Okada and WWE, as they should have been, but WWE have denied that. We've heard that that uh, WWE talent who noted Okada was weighing pros and cons of headed, heading to WWE compared to AEW. In the end, we're told that AEW is very confident in their offer to Okada, it was since noted that there were no real discussions of Okada going to NXT as originally rumored. Nobody's surprised by that. No. First of all, I I remember watching, I think it was the Grammys. Yeah. And that video package aired, and everyone was like, holy shit, Okada's coming to NXT. And I was On like, the, are uh, you what was that? The, the takeover? Well, not the takeover. The, 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 the PLE? What was it? Yeah. Yeah, Valentine's Day something yeah. or whatever. Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day. And I, they were like, yo, it's a Japanese thing. Like, it's 100% Okada. And I was just like, just because they mentioned <laughs> something about three faces, 100% means that oh, it's, it's a, a Japanese, Japanese proverb, bro. It's like, Okada. Okay, so what? I know many, of, like, born and bred Americans that have Japanese proverbs tattooed on them. Like, what the, f like, what? I, like, I understand, like, everyone. When did everybody become so culturally invested in Japanese culture now? I don't when get did it. Right? Yeah, when did everybody become Jacques Cousteau or, uh, or, <laughs> oh, or, it's Julia. Yeah. What the fuck yeah. out of here, These man? Fucking Inspector Gadgets all over the internet. It's like, what? It's like, oh. I, I mean, like, I just don't understand it. When that package aired, I was like, are these people on, like, like, what? What are they on? Yo, it's Okada. Dude, you. You think Okada's headed to, he's going to debut on NXT TV? He might head to the performance center and train with Shawn Michaels so that he, they can get him TV ready, WWE TV ready. But come on, Okada in NXT? Imagine Okada taking fucking orders from Ava Rain. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, listen, I would love to see some of the matchups with him in, in NXT. But I mean, like, could you? I Like, no. No. And then I heard the people, I joked with you, right? I called, I called JD. I'm going to give you guys a, a, I'll peel back the curtain a little more. I called JD and I messed with him on Friday. I said, Hey, Cody's made his decision. And he was like, yeah, I saw the, or it's Thursday. He's like, yeah, yeah. I saw the Instagram post. I was like, do you want to know what it is? And he's like, what? I was like, he's going to go fight for the NXT title. Cause that's the brand his dad created. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, I'm only messing with you, dude. But that's how stupid some of you people sounded on the internet. Like Okada said at the NXT. Are you like, what? go stack marble. Seriously. That's just so dumb. So how, dumb. Do you, how, and, how, how do you book Okada in AEW? I mean, is he somebody that's going to be on TV every week? Or is he going to be no. treated like a Brian Danielson where he's going to get whatever the fuck he wants and whoever the fuck he wants to wrestle? I think everyone knew when Okada left New Japan Pro Wrestling that he was headed to AEW because the schedule's favorable. He could probably, Okada could probably still, you know, keep his main residence in Japan and he can get, you know, an apartment or a townhome wherever he wants in the United States. It's easy for him to travel. Um, and I think he'll do the every other week type of stuff because realistically, he could fly in on a Tuesday, work dynamite, fly back home Thursday morning, be home 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, he gets like 10 days at home in Japan and then flies back to, you know, for the dynamite. Maybe he works a collision here and there. I think he maybe works like 35, 36 days a year tops for AW gets big money. And I think he wrestles in big programs. But again, this is somebody you're landing. Okay. Mercedes Monet and Okada. You need to tell stories with these guys and girls because we've all seen these dream matches already with Okada for the most part. So have him tell a story. I don't give a shit if you got to have a, you know, like a Mr. Fuji S type of manager for him. If he doesn't, you know, directly take to the language or whatever, do whatever you need to do. Invest because you've already invested a ton of money into this man, but give us something reportedly a ton of money. Give us something that we could sink our teeth into with Okada, with Monet. That's it. Uh, apparently, uh, Rocky Romero is mm-hmm. now working with AEW. He's got a front office position uh, within AEW. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with setting up with Okada coming in, but maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I just find the uh, the timeline of these things kind of working itself out to be very bizarre. Maybe he ends up being the spokesman for Okada or aligns himself with Okada in some way. I don't really know, but I found that to be quite interesting. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I mean, Rocky Romero's, I mean, he's been with AEW, I want to say like on and off for like the past two years, something like that. He was like very helpful with the Forbidden Door stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it could work. And I see the chat. They're like, Tony doesn't know how to tell stories. Fine, Tony, listen, I'm available. The cell phone rings. But there's other people, truthfully, that if you guys don't believe TK can't tell stories, how many he has a boatload of talent backstage at his disposal that can help tell stories. Dustin Rhodes, for one, and I'm sure he's using them. Dean Malenko, I've I've talked with Dean. I've seen Dean at shows. Uh, he's a hundred percent somebody that I know Tony leans on. There's a lot of people. I mean, I don't know how close Arn Anderson is there anymore, but I mean, there's a lot of people with AEW who can help tell stories, uh, Sanjay Dutt, all that other stuff. So just because you think Tony can't tell stories, that's one thing. That's your opinion. But he's got a lot of talent at his disposal to help tell those stories. And it's time now to execute. Telling them is one thing. It's all about execution. There should be no excuses about AEW not telling stories. He's got the fucking, he's got the greatest roster ever assembled. And he's got, he's got a dedicated staff with him. He's got Jimmy Jacobs, he's got Brian Danielson, he hired Will Washington. I mean, what the fuck else does he need? So, and Danielson's, I mean, massive. But what I will say to you is that, do you think now, because you were the guy, you were on the, I mean, you have a fucking AEW sweatshirt on, but you were the guy for AEW, and still are. I I watch your uh, review shows with Jesse. They... It you know they were very hot and heavy in the beginning. Now all of a sudden it's kind of fallen off. Do you think this new Japan style that Tony is in love with? Because even ECW told stories. I grew up on ECW. WLNY TV fifty five. Come at me. What's up? I watched AEW or ECW, and AEW could tell stories just like ECW did. But it this new Japan pro wrestling type of style and stories. I don't think it works in the states. The best versus no, the best does it not work, work in, in the, the States. States. And ECW did have stories. They had the Triple Threat. They had fucking Taz, Bam Bam Bigelow, RVD, Sabu. The I Dudley's, mean, Raven, the Eliminators. Raven, Sandman. I mean, holy shit. I mean, there were stories all over that fucking show. Yeah, they threw dream matches out there, and the crowd ate it up, and it was fucking unbelievable. But I agree with Drew. I think this New Japan style of, 
booking pro wrestling in the United States is not working. It's not. And I've seen Eric Bischoff and Disco Inferno going back and forth with some fans on social media today about, you know, AEW ticket sales being flat and they're not selling mm-hmm. out 2,000, 3,000 fucking capacity places where these stadiums are allotted for 12, 13,000, only selling 3,000 tickets for their A show. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we have given so many different opinions about what needs to be done. I think, honestly, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not sitting here being cocky or anything, but I think the takes that Drew and I have had to fix AEW, some of these things really need to be instituted on the television show. You know, yeah, they need a hard- talent, Mike, like Mercedes and Okada is great, but what the fuck are they if there is no story involved? I want to watch Dude, a weekly story, bro. The whole, like, basis of ECW was Tommy Dreamer finally winning the big one. Like that was it for years. Tommy never won the big one. You know, Um, there were so many things in ECW and I agree with you with AEW. Like they need, they have all the talent in the world at their disposal. They need a hard roster split. Give me collision. Give me dynamite. Let the fans figure out which they want to invest in. And if you draw 5,000 people for a collision and you draw 4,000 people for dynamite weekly, whatever, you know, there were times WWE was doing that. If, if, it, if it doesn't affect your bottom line and it's okay, you get a good deal on the buildings, whatever. Run smaller buildings, whatever you got to do. But realistically, you can light up the arenas and buildings however you want to make it look filled. It doesn't really matter. You always get the fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry's who are going to take the pictures and they're going to say this place isn't sold. They used to do it for Tuesday Night SmackDown. Who cares? But you got to start giving concrete and investful storylines. Peter, and Peter, they don't. Peter Corey in the chat says, we can't have stories for every AEW match, JD. I didn't say I needed a story for every fucking match. I want to know who I'm watching from show to show. Hold AEW Collision is a fucking variety hour. It's basically Saturday Night Rampage with a couple of big stars thrown in when Tony Khan wants to put somebody on the show. And Hold Dynamite. On. And Dynamite, you know, one week it's great. Three weeks it sucks. One week is great. They'll build up for a show like they did last week, and everybody's happy. And then they'll go back to having nothing shows. So Peter was his name? Yeah. Peter, let me ask you something. Monday Night Raw, I'm looking at the, the sheet here. Um, Jay Uso and the New Day versus Imperium. That's a, There's a story there, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Okay. Uh, Elimination Chamber qualifying match, Lashley and Big uh, Reed. That's a, there was a story. It's not really there, a story, right? but the match has meaning because it's leading it's to something. They're qualifying for yeah. a, a shot at Seth Rollins title. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes in ring promo story. Uh, hello. Yeah. Right. Liv Morgan and Zoe Stark in a chamber qualifying match. JD McDonough versus our truth. Huge story there. Yep. I mean, I think our truth is going to win the world tag team championships at WrestleMania yes. by beating judgment day. He's going to overcome his bullies. Yes. Okay. There's a story there. Becky Lynch with an in-ring promo. Story there too, ain't there? Nia Jax was involved and Rhea Ripley's involved. Built to that match at Elimination Chamber and Rhea Becky till WrestleMania. There you go. Story. Story Storyline. LA Knight versus Ivar for the Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Story. Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. There's a story there too. Sami Zayn's trying to overcome and find a WrestleMania spot after main eventing last year and having nothing this year while also overcoming Drew McIntyre. Story. Peter, you sound like a good guy. I'll give you the benefit (laughs) of the doubt. But if you ever come in this chat, and start mouthing off nonsense, I will knock your head smooth off. So why right? is it Why is it that AEW and Tony Khan can't do that? I mean, everything that Drew mentioned isn't fucking, oh my God, I got to watch Raw every fucking week. I, no. I'm, not, I'm not clamoring for that. I'm not fucking jumping for joy over that content. But there's consistency. No. You want to know what? 
We know what we're getting every week. It's not fucking variety hour. It's like I'm watching a PBS marathon every fucking week. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it anymore. Come on, Peter. Get it together, Peter. But I mean, seriously. Somebody mentioned Jay White in the chat. They got Jay White fucking in a group now called the Bang Bang Sister Gang. Holding the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. Yeah, you want to bring in Okada? I mean, that's not a really good uh, justification about how you're going to use Okada in AEW. Uh, we don't need... We, first of all, we don't need to kick Peter out. He's allowed to have an opinion. If it's shit, it's shit. But he's allowed to have an opinion. Let's we don't need to throw nobody out. But to JD's point, I mean, cool. If I ran through the dynamite sheet or the collision sheet, I think collision's been better. Where are the like there's no stories besides like the main event? Don't even get me started. I had to go back and watch collision because somebody was like, Oh, yeah, you know, um, CMLL versus the BCC. All right, cool. What's the what's going on there? Uh, why? What is FTR doing? Because they called out somebody because Cesaro, they called out anybody because Cesaro low blow. All right. You know what they should have done? I'll write this for you guys. I don't care who, whether it's the CMML guys or BCC, they should, somebody should have beat the absolute holy hell out of them after the match or during the match, got disqualified, whatever. So you could write these people off for a couple weeks, two weeks. We could pick up right where we left back off, right where we left off when they get back from Japan or Mexico or Germany or wherever the hell these guys are. And then we could build towards a major match at Revolution with a stipulation because then I'm invested. Do I really care about all these CML, CMML guys? No, but make me care. I'm, I got to see them on my television. Make me care about them. Otherwise, they're just other dudes that I don't care about. And realistically, do you need Moxley on every goddamn AEW show? I understand he's a major talent. I get it. He is, no doubt about it. He's your workhorse. But John could take two weeks off and still be okay. The product's still going to be just where it's at, if not better. I when still, John, God, I, uh, uh, I, I'm looking at the fucking collision results from Saturday. Now, granted, I didn't watch the show because I was out celebrating my birthday. And I went to I went to uh, do do my own thing, right? So mm -hmm. Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio and John Moxley versus CMLL, Esfinge and Star Junior. Uh, Drew, do you know what the story is between these two teams? I they just kept like interfering in each other's matches. And That's not a story. Here we are. I know, but I'm just well. It could be if they started doing something where you know. There's a lot of little seeds that could have been planted. Somebody could have, Moxley could have caused somebody a match at CMML, blah, blah, blah. Moxley could have got his match caught, you know, caused by one of the CML guys. They could have, I don't know, go backstage and beat the shit out of this guy or something. Give me something that's like, all right, I could, I could invest in this. There is none. It's just an invasion. NFTR okay. came down. Dax and Cash came down to the ring. They had a stare down with BCC. Great. Where's the story? I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really following where the story is. Daniel Garcia versus Shane Taylor. Where's the story there? Nope. <laughs> Brian Cage versus uh, the Outrunners. A handicap match. The Outrunners. Who the fuck are the Outrunners? What the fuck am I who watching? Saturday Night Rampage. Uh, then we get uh, Adam Cole. I know who the outrunners are, guys, just so you know. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, then we get Mark Briscoe versus the House of Black's Brody King. Okay. What's the story there? I don't have a story there. Should I should I conjure something up for you guys? Glad Mark, Mark Briscoe's on TV, though. Uh, uh, we got Bounty Hunter, Brian Keith. We got uh, Deanna Peraza versus Kiara Hogan. And then we got Tony Storm versus Queen Aminata. There's a lot more story coming out of Monday Night Raw, it sounds like. 
A lot more story coming out of SmackDown. I mean, we're at we had they had the internet in an uproar because nobody knew who Roman was facing, who Cody's face. They have it. I mean, people are still you know losing their minds over this graphic and the WrestleMania trailer and all this other stuff. Like, granted, AEW doesn't have Dwayne Johnson at their exposal, but shit, there is a pro, a plethora of talent in AEW, and they could be telling way better stories. And again, you have us, Tony. We're all watching, dog. I'm sitting here, we watch Wednesdays, I catch collision sometimes, maybe on a Sunday when my, my kids are outside or whatever, unless I go out with them and they want to go play with the neighborhood kids and I could catch up on, so I don't watch it Saturday Live, sorry, maybe I will if I stop playing football, but realistically, you just gotta make me want to tune in. I, when Punk was on collision, I was like, shit, I gotta, if I have the time, I'm gonna watch it, and now it's just like, eh, all right. If it's on, you know. Collision's main event was Orange Cassidy versus Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan. Cool. Why? Who cares? Why? What's the story there? Oh, oh but no. Orange Cassidy's defending the title uh, against anybody he wants until Roderick Strong gets it at the pay-per-view. Okay, what's the fucking story? We did this same thing fucking six months ago with this title. John Moxley beat him, then he beat John Moxley for the title, and we'll right back to square one again with the Orange Cassidy. You know... You know what's funny, though, to me, is, like, people will clip this and be like, what a mark. They'll clip you, they'll clip me, they'll be like, what a mark. And it's like, I never understood that term, and the term pisses me off a little bit because it's like everybody, it's like the cool thing. Once, like, people get into the business or they, you know, they're wrestlers, they're like, ah, oh, what a fucking mark. And it's like, okay, excuse me for a second, but you mean the people who care about what they're watching and trying to invest in? You mean... The same people that you are? Why'd you get into wrestling? Besides Brock Lesnar, besides like Terry Bollea and some others. As, why'd you get into as wrestling? if that term is uh, a derogatory statement. I got a fucking AW hoodie on here. This guy's got plaques on his wall. I got a whole fucking case of Funko Pop, WW Funko Pop. I, I got t-shirts in my closet. I got Roman Reigns 1,000 days fucking suit jacket in my fucking closet. Yeah, I'm a mark. Have you bought a ticket to a show? Have you bought a video game? Have you bought anything memorabilia-wise? You're a mark, asshole. We're all marks. I got a fucking podcast for the last seven years talking about pro wrestling. I'm a fucking mark. Yeah, Glad I never to understood. Be one too. I never understood like the like I you could be like um You're in this chat uh, talking pro wrestling. You're a mark. Yeah, I mean, you could be a super fan. There's a difference. I'm not a super fan, but I care about the business. So if that makes me a mark, then I'm a mark. You're on social media hiding behind a bunch of numbers and no profile picture, blasting other <laughs> wrestling fans. You're a fucking mark. Bro, let me let me tell you something. You burner accounts, none of you are safe. I could expect <laughs> you to admit it. There's technology that I have, which I will not disclose because I have family members who work for something, something, such and such that has to deal with military stuff. I can expose 95% of you. I don't. So you can keep tweeting at me from your burners. That's fine. I don't care. That's how you got to live. You got to hide behind a burner. Whatever. So, so you, 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 you call everybody else Inspector Gadget, but you're Dr. Claw is what I'm assuming. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. With okay. my cat. Okay. Right? That Dr. Claw? Yeah, right? I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give you a cat if you need one. No. <laughs> uh, listen, not saying AEW doesn't have story. It has story. There is story within the company, just like at the end of Dynamite, which we both thought was fucking fantastic. The Bucks heel turn and this new dynamic that the, Puck, that the Bucks have, new theme music, new persona, I love it. They're playing into it. You might not love them because of what they did. I love it. I think it's working. Sting, Darby. Hold on. What the was the best thing from that, JD? What was the best thing at that during that whole segment? 
The fact that they were wearing white suits and beat the shit out of everybody, including Sting's sons, with the blood red all over those white suits. Fucking tell them again. The white that, suits with that, the blood fucking visual. Love it. That visual was money alone. Yep. It was like, shit, I'm, wherever they're fighting, I'm there. And they're fighting at Revolution. They've already sold 16,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about ticket sales? Whatever. I see people being like, oh, Revolution's AEW's WrestleMania. No, it's Sting's retirement. They sold 16,000 seats on Sting's final match. Tony was smart. He, bo- he has booked Sting magically, okay? Magically. And if it's just been Tony, then good on him. But don't sit here and make this something that it's not. You know you'll be watching Sting's last match, whether you're a WCW loyalist, which is, you know is no longer existed. Shout out to, to, to those who are in the biggest one I know is Juice Robinson, or not Juice Robinson, Juice Springsteen, and or that you're a WWE fan. You're going to watch that pay-per-view because it's Sting. He's an icon. Good on AEW. Yeah, on. That, was, uh, that was awesome. Uh, looking forward to that match. Uh, the other things that came out of Dynamite, we got Swerve and Hangman. I thought was a fucking phenomenal uh, open to the show. One of the best opens that Tony's ever done for Dynamite. Uh, and uh, Paige, Swerve, nobody's doing it better right now. Paige is one of the more consistent performers in the entire industry. Swerve is killing it. The one guy coming out of the Continental Classic that didn't win the tournament is bigger because of what happened in that tournament and the weeks following it. They had this fight forever feel. Now we're getting the triple threat with Joe. I think we all kind of alluded to that, Drew. Uh, they went 30 minutes to open Dynamite, and I don't think I don't think Swerve is winning the title here in this triple threat. I do think that Joe's going to retain, and I think he should retain. Oh, I think this whole, again, you know, I think the focal point's going to be Sting, and yeah, I think the undercard will be great and everything else like that, but uh, 100%. I think Joe is not losing this championship. Um, I think there's a story to be told there, too. They could easily have Joe... Um, just kind of uh, pick the meat off the bones after these two beat the holy shit out of each other. And I think that's where we're headed. Uh, I think Joe's retaining. I think this pay-per-view is solely um, booked and written about Sting. And Sting's going to go out on his sword. There's no doubt about it. In my opinion, I'd be shocked if it turns out the other way. But no, this is a perfect scenario where Joe can easily retain. And it's going to fly under the radar. Anything not Sting-related is going to fly under the radar here. So let's just acknowledge that. One of the reasons why Mercedes is not debuting at their show because it's all about Sting and Tony was right to do that. Um, speaking about Tony Khan, and uh, we'll end with this with the AW portion here. Uh, Drew, I know you made mention of it uh, a few times, and we have called him out for his uh, outlandish tweets sometimes and the reason behind why he does what he does, as exampled with the hook and the whole Jinder Mahal thing that happened not too long ago. Can, can you tell everybody and explain to everybody why you think Tony Khan did what he did in regards to uh, calling out WWE Jinder Mahal and then kind of promoting the hook and Samoa Joe match when he did? Um, because every, he knows exactly. He plays you all like fiddles, in my opinion. Like, he looks at it and he's like, this will get them talking. And what it gets them talking about is my product, my main event that's going to happen in a week or whenever it was or two weeks. And people are going to now compare. Are you really comparing Hook? Are you really comparing Hook to Jinder Mahal? It's like, he's, he's, he's done it again. He's at it again. And that's it. And you guys hook, line, and sinker, man. You guys and girls just sit there and retweet and like and compare and contrast and all this other crap. And realistically, all you're doing is talking about AEW. Even the WWE loyalists are talking about AEW. Well, the reason why I ask is because Tony Khan did uh, an interview in Las Vegas ahead of Super Bowl. And he was in town because of AW Collision taking place on Saturday night. 
and he was apparently a part of Radio Row in Las Vegas. He was actually interviewed by somebody and was asked about people saying he should slow down with the tweets and just focus on the show. This was Tony Khan's answer to this question. What do you say? I think we've been able to promote the show and build <laughs> engagement. Also, the company has a great presence, and we have a great connection with our fans. So it's a good question. I think we've been able to build real engagement at times. I think there's tangible proof of that in our huge TV ratings and the fact that, you know, I believe three out of our last four weeks, Wednesday Night Dynamite has beat the NBA on ESPN straight up. We've had great, great success connecting with our fans. So I think we've got uh, that going really well for us, end quote. You're going to stop messing with this man, pretending like he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't know numbers. I understand he might not be Booker of the Year by some of y'all standards, but I'm telling you right now, Tony is not an idiot. He is a very intellectually That's superior man. Encyclopedia. Never mind. Yeah, dude, I mean, you don't. I don't think you, you understand how smart that man is and what he's doing. Now, again... I understand he's mis, you know, everyone mismanages some things and whatever else. Maybe he's got a lot of people in his ear and all that other stuff. But y'all could stop with the whole Tony's an idiot. Tony's not. No. He knows exactly what he's doing. Do you think he'd be running an analytical department for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, oh, well, it's his dad's it's his dad's uh, football. Yeah, okay. But if he was inept, they would get rid of I don't care whose kid he was. They get rid of him. It's the NFL. You know, and, and that's what he does. He was, and first of all, I just want to correct you. Tony wasn't there because of fucking collision. Tony was there because of the Super Bowl. He was going to be there regardless. They coincided a collision yeah. show there in, in Nevada. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, Tony and, I mean, you don't think Tony's going to have a presence at the Super Bowl? He works for a team in the NFL. <laughs> and come on. Where are we, y'all? It's crazy. I, I, just, I just found that quote to be uh, interesting. I'll have to throw that into the AEW discussion. We, we knew why he did it. It was just nice hearing from uh, his mouth why he does what he does. But he's going to continue doing it. He's not going to stop. So whatever the case may be. Um, let's shift gears to WWE now. We'll start with SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. And then we'll get into the good stuff with uh, Rock and Cody and Rollins and Reigns and where all this is uh, this going. This fucking WrestleMania season that is uh, blowing everybody's socks off. Let's start with Friday Night SmackDown. On SmackDown, Drew, we got Triple H asserting his creative role as the man where all the decisions are made. He basically looked into the camera and told The Rock, it doesn't matter where you're seated and uh, know your role. Everything is made by my hands only. You're looking at the guy who runs this show. Now, from that, we got Nick Aldis and Adam Pearce, and their explanation was now... Our management team, even though we've had some discrepancies, is a united front. And from that point, they announced the Elimination Chamber participants, Elimination Chamber qualifying matches to take place. I will start with this because I, act I actually loved that they gave some sort of explanation here as to why the SmackDown roster is getting involved with Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship. If you look mm. at Monday Night Raw, if they were to have an Elimination Chamber match just by Raw superstars only, it wouldn't really be that star-studded. Uh, I don't even think there's six guys that you could genuinely say deserve an opportunity wasn't at, the plan. At, at Seth Rollins. Regardless, regardless. But at the end of the day, Rollins competed in a tournament with SmackDown stars. He wrestled a SmackDown star to win that championship in Saudi Arabia. And WWE right now is on the cusp of the biggest WrestleMania of all time. They want all hands on deck here. 
They gave an explanation. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was something at least. I'm not complaining about this. I love what they did on Friday night. Yeah, it was never the plan. Um, the plan was supposed to be CM Punk wins the chamber. Yeah. Yep. He it was going to be Punk, Drew McIntyre, Sami uh, Zayn, uh, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Bronson somebody Reed. else. Yeah, a couple others. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was never the plan, but this was smart because you know. Punk's not going to Perth now, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot of star power that's going to be missing from Perth, Australia. Seth Rollins is not wrestling. Maybe he was going to take on Drew in Perth. Now that's been scratched because they need to keep Seth healthy. Um, so they needed to load this up with star power. So this was the only logical way they could do that. You get LA Knight in there. Uh, you get some other SmackDown stars who can really help uh, bring the star power to this match. And they've done it. I mean, that chamber is freaking loaded. Yeah. So is the ladies. The, both both yeah. chambers are, are, are loaded. And, and that's exactly what you want. For a stadium show of 50,000 people, WWE's not going to skimp on the talent there. So we got Lashley beating Bronson Reed. We got LA Knight beating Ivar. McIntyre mm-hmm. beat Styles. Belair beat Mia Yim. And Becky defeated Shayna Baszler. I believe Liv Morgan also beat Zoe Stark on Raw last night. Uh, I expected some unexpected surprises. Maybe a little dash of unpredictability, Drew, with uh, Bronson Reed maybe going over because he's... From Australia, maybe L.A. Knight getting his match ruined by Styles, just like he ruined Styles' match against McIntyre on Friday. Are you surprised that WWE took it safe with the Chamber qualifiers? My surprise? Yeah. No. No, I think the WWE, you know, did a good job in what they needed to get done here for the Chamber. Um, I, You know, Styles, the matchups were a little... Um, I was kind of like, mm, you could put Styles in here. You know, I get he went against, was it Drew McIntyre, right? Yeah. And you're like, man, one of these guys got to lose. And then uh, was it Orton against... Um, Orton against Zane. Zane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they both could have qualified. So that was a little, but everything yeah. else I thought was, was spot on. You know, last year they did, if memory serves me correctly, last year they kind of did like some of the newer guys or breakthrough, who's trying to break through that glass ceiling um, type of talent. And they had one or two bigger guys in there, you know? But I think this was smart on them. Load it up. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Then we, now we got Logan Paul against The Miz. Logan Paul's going to win that. Logan's going to win that. And one, then yeah. Kevin Owens versus Dominic Mysterio on Friday, and Kevin Owens is going to get in there as well. So uh, that's what they got lined up there. I was surprised that we didn't get any unpredictability, but now it makes the match, even though it was a little predictable with the outcomes, now it makes the match itself a little unpredictable because I could see McIntyre winning it. I could see Randy Orton winning it. You can't really count him out. Uh, L.A. Knight, I could see winning it. I said this on on my Raw review last night. Even though everybody's going with McIntyre, you know, who knows what WWE's got planned for Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn. They may end up in the ring together in some sort of stipulation match at WrestleMania, and they may not have McIntyre competing for the world championship like everybody wants him to. What what happens if... What if uh, LA Knight wins, bro? And we get LA Knight taking that CM Punk spot on Monday to fill that, that gap at the top of the card until he comes back, and he wins the world championship from Seth Rollins. I mean, like I said, you know, there's a possibility I hit by a bus tomorrow. It's all, that's what's the fun. That's the fun part of professional wrestling and sports entertainment is the unpredictability. And right now the unpredictability um, scale is high because we don't know who's going to win that chamber. Does Seth make it to mania as the champion? Because if they're going to run with this tag match at WrestleMania on one of the nights, you don't need your world heavyweight champion in that match. You don't even need the, the universal champion in that match, but it seems like that's going to happen. But I do believe Roman will pull double duty. Seth's not pulling double duty. So maybe take the championship off of Seth 
Maybe he comes out at the elimination chamber and he, you know, stares down the winner of that chamber. And all of a sudden, Damian Priest music hits, takes a briefcase, smashes over and injured Seth Rollins' head. One, two, three. And then you, you know, have a new world heavyweight champion. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying, you know, it would make the show um, go off with a bang because right now the men's and women's chamber is stacked. But realistically, it seems to me like they're going to close this night with Rhea Ripley. Uh, beating Nia Jax and Becky Lynch and her going face to face. And you know, that's how they're going to sell the WrestleMania match. And in the men's chamber, again, just a prediction, not a spoiler. I think that you'll see the, uh, the booking of, and the, you know, the beginning feud of Logan Paul and LA Knight. Yeah. That's how I think that happens. There's going to be stories told in the chamber. So get ready. And the biggest story right now in WWE, which we're going to talk on is triple H leading the team WWE against the Rocks team bloodline. I mean, we're not talking about a Survivor Series match or nothing like that, but I'm telling you the power struggle is going to be led by Triple H and The Rock. Triple H's guy is going to be Cody, and The Rock and Roman are going to lead that charge, and we'll see who gets involved. But that's what this is going to happen for the next couple months. Uh, just to uh, correct you on the Damian Priest thing, I think Damian Priest was interviewed. Whether this is legit or not, I don't really know, but he did say that He's not allowed to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase right now because Rollins is on the injured list or the disabled list, so he can't, well, he can't be, do that right now. Which is which is great verbiage for WWE to use, and which is why I always tell everybody, every boys and you know, all the boys and girls who want to watch professional wrestling. I even tell my son, you got to listen to the announcers. Yeah. You got to watch and understand and absorb. Um, we've been jaded, you know. Now that we're adults, and we go on the internet and read all this other stuff. Because when you just sit back and watch the show, everything makes sense and you can formulate your own opinion. And if it happens, it happens. But that little antidote is huge because once they say Seth's medically cleared and if it's before the chamber, watch out. Because Seth is alluding that he's going to help Cody, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. Watch out for that too. Speaking of Seth Rollins, he caught a very passionate promo with Cody Rhodes last night on Monday Night Raw, basically the gist of the promo was Cody needs to finish his story. He needs to take everything from Roman because nobody wants to see what a post-WrestleMania WWE will look like with the two-headed beast now, Roman and The Rock, leading the bloodline. It will be a very dark, dark day for WWE if that happens. And he said that if, you know, Roman Reigns is the way we see him now... He's partially to blame because he taught Roman Reigns everything, you know, when they wear when they were wearing those tactical vests and walking down through the crowd into the ring. He said, if you need somebody to be your shield, I have your back. And then he mouthed to Cody Rhodes, please think about it. Now, while this promo happened, Drew, Seth was talking to Cody, and Cody didn't really say much of anything. He didn't give no explanation about why he initially two weeks ago gave up his title match or his title opportunity against Roman to Dwayne Johnson. Then we go to the kickoff show, and I guess it, it was alluded there that maybe Cody was given some bad information. The counsel that he sought through The Rock was bad. He manipulated Cody. But Cody didn't really explain that on Monday Night Raw. I had You're not going to get it. I, I had a problem with that. It seemingly feels like WWE wanted to sweep that under the rug because they knew how fucking stupid it was. Do we need to make a big deal about that, or, or are we just in a situation where we just move on? No, I don't think you need to. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You want everything to make sense because you're a you know 40-year-old man, just like I'm a 30, you know, mid-30s-year-old man who wants to under make sense of all this stuff. So I get it. Why did you 
say not at WrestleMania? And yeah. why did you pass up the opportunity? Why? It's because it wasn't the original plan. With all due respect to everyone who said this was a plan from all along, um, I could tell you I agreed with Conrad. I talked to him uh, after he'd put out his post and said, I, I, I have the same information you do. This was not the original plan. You could tell by the writing. Basically, you're never going to get an answer for that, in my opinion, because what happened as soon as they pivoted, which I don't believe the pivot happened until after Monday Night Raw when people were saying Rocky sucks. Truthfully, I don't think The Rock finally sat back and was like, all right, Brian, I'm talking about Brian Gortz. We got to fix this, maybe go in a different direction. And they're going to sweep that under the rug. They basically told different stories why Cody you know, was doing this, doing that. And he said he talked to some other people. Then Rock slapped him. That's all anyone's ever talking about. Go look at the WrestleMania trailer. And there's four men in it. That's it. That's the story they're telling. It seems like this power struggle between Triple H and The Rock is going to play out on television. We're probably going to get a tag at WrestleMania. It seems that way. Seth is basically telling Cody, like, you could trust me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that might piss a lot of people off, but here's the deal. You all got what you wanted, all right? All the Cody fans got what they wanted. I was not Team Rock or Team Cody. I was just Team Good Entertainment. I wanted to see what was happening. I did want to see Roman and Rock. I thought that was the match to have happen at WrestleMania. It would have been fun to see. You guys got what you wanted, and girls got what you wanted to a certain extent. They changed it. But now you've gone and pissed Dwayne off, in my opinion, okay? And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is his checkbook grows from good business. But I'm not so sure that at the end of WrestleMania 40 that Cody finishes that story because what happens if the rock screws Cody? What happens? You got y'all going to get mad there or let's just say Cody does finish the story. I want to play the other side of it, but the rock helps him. Are you happy? Cause the focal point is the goddamn rock again. So was this worth it? I ask you all, was it worth it? I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's something that's sitting in the back of my mind as well. A lot, going people, there. A, a, lot, a lot of people, you know, listen, I've heard a lot of different varying opinions here. A lot of people are saying Cody needs to finish his story. I'm one of those guys. It needs to end. It needs to end at WrestleMania. That's the way Philadelphia needs to go home Sunday I'm with night. You. Okay? Cody needs to win. I don't want to see a post-WrestleMania WWE with Roman holding the title for another four months. I think it's detrimental to SmackDown. We, we have Roman, and now Rock is on TV. That is the long game, the beginning of the long game there. Rock, Roman, build to WrestleMania 41. We'll get into that in a little bit. The other thing is, some people are thinking that Cody and Rock are in cahoots here. Some people think that Possibly. this is some manipulation tactic by The Rock to play this Hollywood character to get Roman on his side and get Roman's trust, ultimately to turn his back on Roman at WrestleMania 40, which will then kickstart their program. Or the other thing is, like you maybe alluded to, uh, Seth Rollins turning heel and going corporate again, saying, Cody, trust me. Meanwhile, he's the first one to stab Cody in the back. Again, I don't okay. know. Okay, so, uh, but that's, and we could all line this up for Saturday, right? This all yeah. happens, Seth turns on them, Cody's beaten and broken down, and then all of a sudden we get The Rock turns on Roman, and Cody wins and finishes the story. You're happy? I, I just want to ask, everyone's happy with that? You're happy with Cody not being able to finish his story on his own? He had to get The Rock involved. Or... The Rock screws Cody. You're happy with that, too? You got another match. It didn't seem like this was the plan. I'll take it back. It wasn't the plan. Clip it. Throw it out there. I don't care. This was not no, the plan. No, this was not a work. But all of a sudden now, you're in a situation where you're treading on real thin ice with Dwayne because you ch we changed the plan. So now, 
The Rock going to be the focal point coming out of WrestleMania 40? It seems it. So he helps Cody? Great. So Cody needed the help of The Rock to beat Roman. Cool. Good story, man. That's what I... No, I don't want that. If we're going to invest, I want Cody to just beat The Rock or beat Roman Reigns without any help from The Rock. But now... Since we've had the the Cody crybabies, as Rock likes to call them, the McNuggets up their ass and all this other stuff, it seems like Rock's going to be the focal point of this match no matter what happens. And y'all are okay with that? Good good job. Well, good it, job. It, it seems like from every outlet, Mike Johnson reported it, Sap reported it, Rock will be wrestling at WrestleMania 100%. What capacity will he be wrestling in right now? Nobody knows. But like you alluded to, Drew, they, they seem to be hinting at a... Rock wrestling in a tag team match at WrestleMania this year instead of going one-on-one with Roman because they gave way to Roman and Cody. Now, with the four men in this movie-like trailer that they had, it's Rollins, Rock, Roman, Cody. Now, I said if they could do the match at the Chamber, that would be the ample time to do it, but Rollins is not going to be ready by that time, so we're probably not going to get that. And Rollins is wrestling at WrestleMania via the Elimination Chamber. Whoever wins the Men's Chamber got Rollins at WrestleMania. So... Now our, our minds start getting into the idea of, all right, well, somebody's going to be doing double duty if WWE's going this tag team route. Rollins would be doing double duty. Cody would be doing double duty. And Roman would be doing double duty at WrestleMania. Is this the wise decision here? Because no. I, I, I don't see how this match, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. I don't, sure. I, don't see how, I don't see why this tag team match makes sense. First of all, why would you want Rollins to wrestle two times in one weekend when right now he's got another four weeks to go rehabilitating? I don't, I don't think you want to risk that. And he's a world champion, so, A, he can't take a loss. Cody's wrestling Roman on night two in the main event. I don't know why you would want to ruin the allure of Cody and Roman being in the ring together in a tag team match before we get to Sunday night in that championship match because that's all that matters. Cody can't take the pinfall loss unless they want to weasel some adversity in there, but I don't see that being the right decision. Roman ain't losing. And The Rock... I don't see The Rock losing in a tag team element. What, what, how does this match make any sense whatsoever in any aspect? It doesn't. So why are That's people my, pushing for it? So I I gave AW a lot of shit because they had MJF on the pre-show in a tag match with Adam Cole on their biggest pay-per-view of the year. This is the same shit. So I'm going to give WWE shit too. You are running a major risk, and I understand injuries can happen at any given moment, but for me, this is a risk you don't need to take. You don't. I, I, the tag match seems like it's happening at WrestleMania or if they don't and they just have Seth in Cody's corner and rock and Roman's quarter, watch out. That don't make any sense either. Cause rock is ring ready. He's training. He's getting in ring shape. This tag match seems like a go. I don't think they're going to pivot from that either. Maybe they make it a six man, whatever, but it, to me, it just makes no sense. Does this I, match have added stakes on the line here to main event night maybe. one? Does, does, does Cody need to beat Roman and rock before we get to Sunday to keep his championship match? Cause rock is going to throw his power around. I mean, it, none of it makes sense. Why would, why would that happen? I don't get it. I don't, I just, again, I think there's a lot of things that we're, you know, you can't, you, on at WrestleMania, it's hard for me to even say, can you really have Cody lose? No, that's the thing. Right. So we've, but we've pushed ourselves into this corner. If you're WWE, because you gave in fine. I don't really give it again. I'm not team rock. I'm not team Cody. I just want to see the best form of entertainment that I could see. And realistically, I, I still think the focal point is going to be the rock. I really do. And are we rushing 
the turn. That's the other thing. If The Rock is going to turn on Roman at WrestleMania, so basically it was a two-month thing that we got no matches with besides one at WrestleMania? Which would lead to what you originally no. stated earlier. Is this what you want? I mean, does do people do people really firmly believe Cody is really walking out of WrestleMania with the championship? Because like you just said, are we in this for Rock to be healed for two months? Or is this the long game with him being the heel? Because I mentioned to you on Thursday, in my honest opinion, I think the long game is potentially Rock Roman being aligned through most of the summer and then something happening towards the tail end of 2024. And the long game is Rock remaining a heel, but Roman becoming that babyface that WWE has desired for the last seven, eight years. Not really a babyface like Cody, but same Roman you got now, but this time with the fan support. I think that's what the long game is here, getting Roman to be the high chief and the big babyface in WWE. But like you said, I, I don't really... I'm worried about WWE doing this tag team match and then fucking everything else up on night two. That's that's what I'm worried about most. And I I, I want to lead into this next point. If Rock really needs to wrestle, let's fucking throw that tag team match out of the way because that shit's awful. What if we get this power struggle? I know you mentioned the power struggle earlier. Triple H is not wrestling at all. I, I don't know why anybody thinks Triple H is working with... Uh, a fucking, what, I don't know if it's a pacemaker, defibrillator in his chest, whatever the fucking case may be. It's not his wrestling. days are done. Yeah, It's over. Maybe Triple H has somebody that he kind of backs in this thing with Rock, and this power struggle plays out as a side story going to WrestleMania, and Rock gets his match via that. Maybe Rock is representing himself in the bloodline against Triple H and somebody representing Triple H. Who that may be, I don't know. I've thrown out a couple of names earlier today. I did a video, maybe LA Knight. Maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't really care to see it, but it's a possibility. Fantasy booking. What is Randy Orton doing at WrestleMania? Maybe we get Randy Orton back in Triple H going one-on-one -on -one with The Rock. I don't know. Maybe maybe Randy, maybe they had Randy to the six-man. Maybe it's, you know, Solo, Rock, and Roman taking on Randy, Seth, and Cody. I mean, they could do that. I, again, yeah, I'm going to let things play out on television because that's what this is all about. But realistically... You, everyone whined enough, cried, whatever. I get it. Um, here we are. So let's just see what happens. But again, um, I I don't like the scenario of a tag match when realistically, like you have the Rock and Roman Reigns now. I'm past the fact that you know the match, the the Rock and Roman match isn't happening. That's fine. But let's have a little bit of run with this. Let's have some two man power trip shit with this. Truthfully, this is massive. You're getting the Rock and Roman Reigns as an aligned unit. And you want them to implode in, in less than 60 days? Nah, man, let me invest my money and time into nah, that. Man, I want to see some of that. That's where the real story is. I mean, you got Rock, you got Roman, you got Sully, you got Jimmy, possibly Jacob Fatu coming in, which is, uh, you know, a, a fucking wing and a prayer at this point. I'd love to see that take place. You know, imagine a bloodline versus a Team Nightmare family or Team Cody with Triple H's backing, Cody. Uh, Jay Uso, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, CM Punk. I mean, Randy Orton. You know, I mean, the, the 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 possibilities are endless. Why wouldn't WWE? That's big money right there. That is major yeah, money. Know. Whether it's a Survivor Series War Games, whether it's something that takes right. place at SummerSlam, I mean, that's 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 too tough to give up, in my opinion. You don't 
I don't think you burn through the whole rock and Roman, no. like being a unit in less than 60 days. I, you know, I, I just, I hold on to that for as long as you possibly can milk that cow for as much milk as you can. And I think that's a big, that's you. Did anybody, I know Peter Rosenberg, like put it out as a joke. Like he was like, this will never happen. And then it happens. And you are, all, everyone's in here being like, oh, I mean, you know, Rock's going to turn on Roman at 40. I mean, it's a possibility, but I don't want to see it. I want these two to go and stay with each other for a little bit. And I want to watch the power struggle. There's nothing more relatable than the, the sibling rivalry, the family rivalry, which we're seeing, and the power struggle between Triple H and The Rock. Tri the Rock believes that he is... You know, the board of directors, I can do whatever the f I want. Like he said, whatever the f we want. And Triple H, no, you can't. And he, you know, made his emphatic statement on Friday Night SmackDown. That's relatable. It's a board member against the guy who runs the day-to-day -day operations. It's relatable because it's real. Yeah. That's when wrestling is at its best, when you could blend some realism. Steve Austin and Vince, everybody hated their boss. Everybody still hates their boss. Unless you're your own boss, then you hate yourself. But I'm just saying, like, that stuff was relatable. That's why everybody invested into it. DX was telling people to suck it. How many people wanted to go around town and just be like, hey, right here? How you relatable can't. How relatable was Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania 30? The fucking right. common man, fucking everyday hardworking guy that's been held down by his boss, overcoming the odds to win the championship. The, the authority. Yeah. yeah, it was very relatable. Very relatable. WWE dropped the ball with a bloodline civil war with Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa. They didn't really flesh out that story right. I felt like it was rushed. I felt like at that point it was losing a lot of steam. This is the real bloodline civil war here. Because if Rock and Roman have a falling out, then you really get the juicy stuff. Where's Solo going to side? Where's Jimmy going to side? Where's Paul Heyman going to side? Who's going to side with Roman? Who's going to side with Rock? Maybe Roman or maybe Rock brings in Jacob Fatu. You know, it's like maybe we get people that aren't affiliated with WWE that are in the bloodline that come to WWE television to play this thing out. I mean, that's where the juice why, is right there. Why? You have to explain something to me because you would know better than I think anybody. Why do people want this championship off of Roman so bad? Why? Because because he doesn't wrestle every week because he doesn't I don't know what the hell that was but look like a fucking uh, an apparition a or ghost right sorry whoever I pissed <laughs> off uh, I don't you know like why does everybody want the championship off of Roman so bad what what has he done besides provide you with great entertainment and and a and a reign that will be talked about forever no pun intended it's, why it's, when when bro when you know you know when something is coming to an end I think everybody's been in a relationship. You know, where you kind of say, you know what, it's it's over. You know, I'm just I'm just done. I'm emotionally spent. I think fans are just emotionally spent. And I made a good point. If Roman takes this championship past WrestleMania, I know everyone's going to make a big deal about breaking Hogan's record. We've established that Hogan doesn't have a record. The record is Bruno and Bob Backlund, or Bruno in this case. Bob Backlund's number two, so Roman's going to be looking up at two guys. He's going to break the third-place record. That's not even an issue right now, but... I think it's detrimental to SmackDown. I think fans are ready for a full-time champion on SmackDown, and I think that man is Cody Rhodes. I don't know if we can go another four or five months with Roman making sporadic appearances less than last year on SmackDown as the world champion. I, that's, that just, that's just the feeling I get from people. Okay. I mean, I don't hate it. I just, I, I the, the outrage and the call, this needs to end. This needs to, you know, be, you know, be thankful that you have what you have right now because we put this championship on somebody else not named Cody Rhodes 
I mean, who knows how that rain is? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe fans turn on Cody when he wins the championship. Maybe maybe they feel like Cody's been shoved down our throats like John Cena, and the fans start to kind of wane on him and get bored of him. I don't know. It's a possibility. Maybe. Can't maybe. be worse than Roman right now, but I think we're both in agreement here. This tag team match does not make sense. Rollins is injured still. Uh, he's going to be another three, four to week, three to four weeks rehabilitating. He told Rich Eisen that he, he feels really good and that he will be 100% for WrestleMania, no question. But that doesn't mean use him back to back nights to have him wrestle twice at WrestleMania. I think that's a mistake. And like we said, Rock wrestling for the first time in over 10 years, you're running the ris- risk of injuring him. But in a tag team element, it's probably better than a one on one match for Dwayne. Why would you want to send Roman out there twice? I mean, I pushed for it. But that's when it actually made a little bit of sense. Now this doesn't make sense, so I wouldn't do it. And then Cody, you know, it made sense when I mentioned him as well. But even this tag team match with him involved wrestling twice does not make sense. I don't like any but, bit of it. Again, like I saw the the tweets or the stories about, you know, the post about how, oh, let's do uh, Rock versus Cody night one. And then the winner gets Roman. It's yeah. like, what? I mean, that would be that, that would be taking a page out of the WrestleMania 30 playbook. I mean, uh, just spread over two nights. And it's a possibility because Rock could throw his creative power around saying, all right, you think you're running the show. I'm going to show you who runs the fucking show. I mean, that's easy to tell right there. I I guess. But, but Rock like, would have to lose, which is right now uh, if, a big question. Mark. Was, was WrestleMania 30, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, it's been a while. I was there. It's the the plaque one. There was like, yeah. there's like I said, there's like nine of them here. Um, didn't if Brian won, then Brian was added. But if Triple H won, Brian was not added. And Triple H wasn't added to that match, was he? No, Triple H was not added. If Brian lost, he's out. It's just Batista and Randy Orton. So that makes more sense here. I mean, if Cody loses, then Roman should have the goddamn night off, right? Uh, realistically, yeah. Well, I mean, so I I don't think they can go that route. You know, because because WrestleMania 30 already had its main event. It was uh, or maybe maybe Roman, maybe Rock throws himself in there because that was going to be the match anyway before Cody called bullshit on it at the press conference. Well, maybe they just I mean, don't do the, that. OK, I don't know. But it, it is a good point, though. I didn't really think of that. I just I like I get I got the whole Roman, you know, or the whole Triple H and Daniel Bryan, because if Daniel Bryan won, he was added. Triple H was never going to be added to that match like. They announced the match, Cody versus Roman. Yeah. Fine. Fine. If they want to do Cody versus The Rock, The Rock, if he wins, should be added to that match. That's the only way that I, like, I uh, Cody's already signed, sealed, and delivered. That there should be no, Cody needs to have another obstacle to get to Roman. Like, you guys got to stop overbooking this shit. Again, I'm excited about it. I, at the end of the day, you know, and I got this this story here about uh, Russell votes and what they said today in, in regards to uh, the Rock going Hollywood Rock. The chat and bringing... says that Triple H would have been added. By the way, Triple H would have been added. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you know. I don't know. Go ahead. I don't. I don't, I don't remember that being the case, but may, may, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Russell votes did report today that sources suggest that the Rock is expected to fully embrace his heel turn. Drawing inspiration from his past Hollywood Rock persona. Additionally, I'm told to anticipate the release of Rock-branded Cody Crybabies merchandise. The story is just beginning. Now, we didn't get a lot of Hollywood Rock. Uh, He did uh, a little bit of Hollywood Rock uh, after the 2002 SummerSlam where he put over Brock Lesnar, which was my favorite SummerSlam of all time. Uh, He went to go film movies. He returned uh, a year later. 
He changed his character to Hollywood Rock to feud with Hulk Hogan. He did his match with Steve Austin, WrestleMania 19, and then Backlash 2003 against Bill Goldberg. So we didn't get a lot of Hollywood Rock. So I am in agreement with Drew here. I'd love to see Hollywood Rock maintain more than just two months here on WWE television. But man, did they pivot to Hollywood Rock and and did that end up being the right decision with him playing up that persona? Uh, And I got to give Dwayne and Triple H and WWE and whoever was a part of this creative uh, team here credit because the old administration could have easily said, fuck this, we're going with what I want and the fans don't matter. But they switch gears pretty quickly and are giving us the main event that we all wanted. And Rock is changing his entire fucking body of work on television to make this shit happen, man. No matter what we said about The Rock, and it still may be the case, you got to give him his flowers here, man. He did what needed to be done, and he did the right thing. Yeah, uh, so we sit corrected. The match, if Triple H won, the winner was added. Okay, Okay. thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's been a long time. There's been a lot of wrestling we've consumed. Thank you for correcting. Yeah, thank you for correcting us. I appreciate that. Um, Shout out to Billy who texted me that as well. Uh, I will say this. Yes, they pivoted. Smart business move. uh, You know, Dwayne's not an idiot. Neither is Brian Gortz. They could write this so many different ways and kind of give them what they think they wanted. Yeah. And still do what they wanted to do. So I would just watch what we're going to be given. Um, But I will say this, you know, to your point, I think, Hollywood rock is going to be very watered down here um, because he can't go doing what he was doing in 03 on WWE TV right now, especially yeah. not on raw or on SmackDown. Yeah. So could I see more Hollywood rock on the PLEs? Yeah. Elimination chamber. He can cut another FU type of promo and tell him to, he'll knock his F and teeth out and all this other stuff. Sure. He could do that on, on Peacock, but he's not gonna be able to do that on weekly episodic television. So again, in 03, it was a different landscape. Rock was talking about his strudel and all this other stuff, and he was making a lot of sexual innuendo jokes. I don't think that's going to happen this time. Even though he did tell people to take Mc... On Pat's show, he told y'all to take the McNuggets and shove them up your ass, yeah. which is a little different than going on WWE Network Television, Fox, or cable TV on USA and telling people to take a McNugget and insert it up the rectum. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I still, it's the, it's the right decision. I think they'll it let is. him go as it far is. as he can with it. Uh, I hope it doesn't, uh, like he's a watered down the persona per se, but he does have Cody Crybaby merch coming out. It's going to add a lot of uh, heat to the match as well, and he's going to get that over. But like I said, man, I said I, I said I was very pleased with the fact that they changed, and I, and I know you are, we're excited about this. It's uh, it's unpredictable. We don't know where they're going. I don't even think WWE knows where they're going. That's the, that's the fun thing about it. It feels like, we're legitimately on the ride with them and they don't know where the fuck they're taking us. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the whole like preface of this, that like we need to be happy. Like the fans, the people that consume this weekly need to be happy that we don't, we can't predict it. Cause a lot of WrestleMania is a lot of different PLEs. We're very predictable. And when it's predictable, it sucks. It sucks when it's unpredictable. It's very interesting. And that's the whole point here. We don't know what's happening. We'll have to wait and see, and we're going to consume it. And that's when wrestling's at its best when you don't know. And you want to know why we don't know. It's probably because it's locked down between Dwayne Johnson, Brian Gwertz, and Michael Hayes. Yeah. And Paul Heyman. That's it. Yeah. Uh, one more thing here, as far as WrestleMania is concerned, actually a couple of things. Um, McIntyre shift gears back to the world's heavyweight championship. Drew McIntyre, red hot. Right now, uh, probably doing the best character work of his WWE run. He is headed towards a world title. I seen today, uh, literally maybe a couple hours before we went live, 
people were talking about Drew McIntyre being added to shows after WrestleMania, and then I saw you tweeting about it, Drew. I know a lot of people are possibly excited about him staying with the WWE. I think right now it's probably best that he does stay with the WWE, seeing that AEW is bringing anybody and everybody in, and he may get lost in the shuffle easily now than he, than he would have maybe six, seven months ago. But what is the word on his free agency? I know you you mentioned that potentially an injury and time away was added to his contract. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, everyone was like, it was only a month. It wasn't a month. It was a little bit longer than that. Um, I believe that Drew McIntyre, uh, Drew Galloway, is going to field offers from a he'd be stupid not to listen um i believe the time was added to his contract uh so and people are like dude he's in a major program with cm punk and cm punk's not going to be uh healed until the summer yes yeah, so what i mean i could name you know three or four talents that were proposed and given major storyline major pushes and then they were out the door to aw so realistically that doesn't mean anything um i do believe there's a very strong interest from AEW. Again, Tony would be stupid not to take a look at Drew. And I think that the Clash of the Castle stuff, again, my opinion, I don't know Drew personally. He's got a hell of a first name, but I don't know him personally. I just truly believe that that Clash of the Castle stuff has never sat well with him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we don't know for sure, but I could see I could see that uh, being the case. Uh, he is the odds-on favorite to win that chamber. He is being looked at right now as far as the fans' point of view. Uh, as the odds-on favorite to win that world championship at WrestleMania. I think a lot of people want to see Drew over Seth if that's the case. Uh, but we don't know if it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one match. We don't know if it's going to be Drew uh, versus Seth. We don't even know if Drew's going to be part of the match. It could be LA Knight. It could be some other direction WWE goes in. But if it is Drew McIntyre, a lot of people are saying that Sami Zayn can fit into that narrative as well. Where do you see Sami fitting in, Drew? Because right now, Sami and Drew McIntyre are kind of aligned on TV. We saw Sammy lose to Nakamura last night in the main event with, you know, backing of Cody McIntyre cost him that match. Do we see a potential triple threat with Rollins, McIntyre and Sammy? Do we see Sammy versus Drew one-on-one -on -one and Seth Rollins takes a different road into WrestleMania or mm -hmm. do we see none of the above and maybe I Sammy goes and wrestles Gunther for the intercontinental championship, which is something that I pitched because I don't know if they're going to have a lot of heat with Jay and Gunther going another six months and six weeks rather into WrestleMania. I think that the obvious choice here is is Drew McIntyre, but I think it's very disrespectful to Randy Orton, who's in this match, to not consider him a potential candidate to win this. Especially, I'll give you guys a little bit of like a light bulb moment, maybe for some of you, because I thought about this on Friday when I was watching Randy qualify for the elimination chamber i thought to myself okay smackdown's got the rock now yeah big name and raw is hurting they are riddled with injuries randy could go over and win that world heavyweight champion and carry that brand because realistically whatever program he was going to be in on smackdown has kind of taken a back seat due to Dwayne being the focal point for the next at least three months and the rock and cody on smackdown yeah. So why not have Randy win the chamber, beat Seth, and run raw for a little bit? Because Seth's going to need surgery either on his back or his knee anyway. So why not? And, and I don't see Randy Orton holding that championship for uh, as long lose as Roman it at Reigns. Lose it at SummerSlam and have Randy versus Gunther at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I think it's. I think we should stop like just 
ah, Randy's not going to win it because all the the eyes and every the attention's been on Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's the first sign that you'll get that maybe Drew hasn't resigned. If he doesn't walk out of WrestleMania, Drew, you know Drew McIntyre with that World Heavyweight Championship, I think that's your that's your sign right there. It's a possibility, and uh, I am in one hundred percent agreement with you on the Monday Night Raw thing because uh, if Cody wins up winning ends up winning that World Championship, he goes to SmackDown. Then you got Roman Rock and Cody on the same brand. Punk is injured. Rollins is carrying that brand all by himself, and he's a big question mark. Who else is over there? Right. You know, you got you got you got to you got to load up that show, especially uh, with Punk. Cody wins that championship. He's gone. He's going to be on SmackDown, yeah. the focal point of SmackDown for, until the draft happens, and maybe they bring that Universal Championship over to Monday Night Raw because it's the A show. Yeah, you're here first. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, Cody heads over to SmackDown for however many months that is, and realistically, Raw is left depleted. You know. We got no Punk, no Cody, possibly no Seth. Randy fits like a glove. Like a glove? Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah. Guys, that's all we got on uh, that as far as WrestleMania and going into WrestleMania. It's going to be a very interesting SmackDown. Rock and Roman will be on Friday night, and uh, a lot should come out of that. Hopefully, we get more questions than answers coming out of that Friday show. Uh, what else you got on your end, Drew? If, if not, we'll just get into the Super Chats if you got anything else. Uh, I had one thing here. Um, besides these lights, these lights are pissing me off. I gotta, uh, I gotta figure these out because it seems I almost feel like I'm blending into the wall. I mean, I, I know I'm white, but um, I wanted to talk about Steve Austin. You know, we really didn't touch about. It. He said, "Never say never on another return." Yeah, I think the only match for me is CM Punk. What do you think? Did I, you like I, see another- I, I did. I did read that. Um, he said, "We'll see." In regards to the question about wrestling, CM Punk. Uh, he was interviewed by ESPN, of all places. So uh, he said, uh, I said, I'd never get in the ring again unless All-Stars aligned. He did main event night one of WrestleMania with Kevin Owens. Uh, he's 57 years old. And he goes on to say that I like Punk and I think Punk likes me. So as long as he can take a Stone Cold Stunner, I consider him a great friend, a great guy, a great wrestler. He's had a great career. We will see. I get excited about it. And if I start talking too fast, you know, things happen. But it's not going to happen. But it could. I mean, typical carny answer there. But, uh, you know, that's the only that's the only thing I care to see. That one match, and then that's it for him. But, you know, his name has been brought up as a potential, uh, you know, maybe for this year. I don't see it happening this year. Yeah, I don't. I, the focal point's all the rock, so yeah. I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all you got. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. We appreciate you being here. We had over 3,000 people in here on a Tuesday night. Thank you so very much for all your support. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo, at Andrew Bedala. Same on Twitter as well. Make sure you guys go hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Check out all the content on this channel. And I'll be live tomorrow night with the AW Dynamite post show right here on OTS. Michael. Michael Krause with the $2 Super Chat. Good Tuesday, JD. Drew, keep up the great work. Thank you, Michael. Eric Newton. $100 Super Chat from Eric Newton. I wouldn't have had an issue with The Rock versus Roman if Rock had won the Rumble. My issue is with how The Rock interjected himself. He was supposed to be the final boss for Roman, but now he might be on Roman's side. Also, Hyped for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which I just pre-ordered. I am as well, Eric. Uh, And yeah, I would have had no problem with The Rock 
if they took the proper steps to get there. But again, I appreciate them changing course and listening to the fan base because that usually never happens. Yeah, thank you for the super chat. Very generous of you. Um, but yeah, no, Rock should have won the Rumble. We, I mean, I agree. Yeah, we talked about that as well. Uh, but again, it goes to show you that it wasn't the original plan. Whatever you see now wasn't the original plan. I'll leave with a 499. Hey, JD, my question to you and Drew is, who do you guys see going into the Hall of Fame this year? Like the first inductee, I would say, is probably going to be Bray Wyatt. I would say Bray yeah. is going into the Hall of Fame, yes. I would say Bray, and I would even say Paul Heyman because it's Philly, and yeah. you know what? It could it could blend into the whole story of this this whole bloodline stuff, and they could you know play up some storyline aspects. But I think Paul Heyman goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I mean, deserve. I mean, obviously deserves it, but mm-hmm. it would make sense in Philly. Ali, thank you, brother. Tone C with a five dollars super chat. I'll be attending the SmackDown after Mania. Hopefully by then I'll have some OTS gear. With all the pivots, I'm interested in what show we're getting. Uh, after WrestleMania, I have no idea, man. That SmackDown after WrestleMania is usually a big show, too. Not as big as Raw, but still a big show. Well, and that's the thing. For so many years, that Raw after WrestleMania was like the show. And the past couple of years, it's been a dud. Yeah. And the SmackDown show has been better. So you'll have to wait and see a new regime. Netflix ponied up a lot of money. I think that WWE has given, um, you know, Raw some some major focal points and facelifts. So I think Raw after Mania is the one to watch. Uh, Vinny with a 499. A lot of people are saying that Seth is going to turn on Cody. If that happens and Cody doesn't win the title, I'll start watching Rampage and Collision, LOL. Listen, Vinny, it's a possibility, man. You know, with uh, them wanting to keep this thing going for as long as they can, you know, Drew may be right. We end up getting that Madison Square Garden show and Cody wins the title at the Garden. Who knows? I, it, I, you know, I just hope that everybody can cope with whatever happens at WrestleMania 40. If you're okay with Rock helping Roman uh, finish the story, then cool. For me, I'd rather Cody do it on its own. Yeah. Uh, Tribal Chief with the $2 Super Chat. JD, Drew, love your show. OTS for life, pal. Tribal Chief, thank you, man. Uh, Jay Caleb show with a $5 super chat. This fire burns. Let's go. Yes. Love it. Michelle with the two. Does rock drive a wedge between Roman and Paul Heyman? It's a good question. I save that for the eventual punk Roman feud. That's what I'm doing. But I mean, clearly, uh, things can change. Michelle also, why would they dare have Roman beat Cody again? Because it's Roman. They do everything for the bloodline. Uh, Rodney with a five. Great commentary and sick intro. Thank you, Rodney. Lewis with a new membership. Jake Schuster with a new membership. Thank you, guys. Maddie C with a 499. Love you guys. Maddie, thank you for being here again. Lewis with a 199. No message. Paul Van Tassel with 38 months. What about either John Cena or Dave Bautista facing The Rock on behalf of Triple H? Man, you really want to go back in time, don't you? I don't want to see another John Cena-Rock match ever again. I think the next person John Cena takes on is either Cody or... Logan Paul. I don't know. Damian Priest? Logan Paul. Yeah, that could happen too. Yeah. Chris McCorkle with a 499. I'm glad The Rock and WWE listened to the fans already ahead of the last administration. Based on that alone, I am all for it. I agree. Uh, Bad Little 
with a $4.99. You marks don't understand. Cody and Seth will be the geeks in this story. The new bloodline with Hollywood Rock will be NWO-esque. I don't know who you're calling marks. You're donating $5 to Drew and I on my stream in front of 3,000 people, and you're calling us marks. Yeah, Thanks, brother. I, I think... I think the part-timers versus the full-timers is where they're headed with this, yes. Yeah. Uh, Phantom of the Canadian 100 in Super Chat. Thank you, Phantom67. I fell asleep during Raw. The main thing I was looking forward to was Cody explaining the reason why he gave his spot to The Rock at WrestleMania 40. I did watch the segment between Cody and Seth this morning and very much enjoyed it. TNT is the best show. Thank you, JD and Drew. Thank you, Phantom, for your 100. And yeah... I was upset about Cody not really giving us a reason, but maybe we are to come up with our own reason based on what we saw on Thursday at the kickoff show. And WWE doesn't want to be wrong, so they're probably going to try and pretend like that show never happened. Yeah, and I appreciate the kind words of TNT. This is a brainchild of myself and JD's, and uh, I have fun every Tuesday. And it's tough to do content with other people that you trust and have fun with, and I have a lot of fun with him. Thank you, Phantom. Lewis with a 499. JD, you're the first podcast I've ever joined. You do an incredible job. Love the way you keep it real. Lewis, thank you so much, man. Hopefully you enjoy your stay here. You got a great community here and a great show here on Tuesday night. Hush, 499. Who do y'all think The Rock will bury the hardest on Friday? Triple H, Seth, or Cody? I feel like Seth, even though he's already pretty much buried. Uh, I think The Rock is going to really focus his anger on Triple H because Triple H had a couple of one-liners, a couple of zingers in there. And I think Rock is going to assert his uh, his power because right now, Rock is Triple H's boss. Yeah, and for all you people that did not understand my tweet, I think it was Friday, WWE added The Rock to SmackDown to give a little to Fox by saying, hey, you're not with us? All right. What was the rating on Friday? 2.5, almost a 2.6, and they had like a, almost a 0.80 in the 18 to 49 demo. Now two they got The Rock and Roman on the show where yeah. they weren't on Friday, bro. I mean, they're doing big business. Yeah, man. Should have, Fox, I mean, should have ponied up. Pay up, pony go. boy. $10 from Mitchell Bliss. Won't be listening live. Currently playing in a Warzone tournament, but I want to show some love to the guys. Mitchell, good luck in that Warzone tournament, and thank you for being here, man. Uh, Michael Crowley with a $2 super chat. TK, hire Scott Demore and give him Ring of Honor. Thoughts? Nobody wants Ring of Honor. <laughs> I don't sure. even think the fans want Ring of Honor. Uh, Phil with a $19.99. Thank you, Phil. If you had to choose only one champion out of these six to retain at WrestleMania 41, who would you 41? choose? Roman, Seth, Gunther, Logan Paul, Io Sky, Rhea Ripley. I'm 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 gonna say, I'm gonna Rosaria. say you, you're thinking about WrestleMania 40 and not 41, because all these yeah. pe- all these people are current champions right now. Uh, yeah. I'll be at Big Business. I got two tickets during pre-sale. TNT for life. Uh, I would I would like to see Rhea retain the title over Becky. Honestly, I think the there's there's money in Rhea chasing that championship again from Becky because she's been so dominant. Where if Becky loses, I mean, you know, where does she go from there? But I think, to your point, WrestleMania 40 is what he's talking about. And I'll go with Gunther. Yeah, it's tough to see him lose, too. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Uh, the Mad the mad Titan with a five. Okada is just a work-rate guy. He can't tell a story like Nakamura or Asuka. I mean, why don't we give him a chance? Let's see what he does. He is a work-rate guy, yes, but... 
Story is needed. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 super chat. Hey, fellas, WrestleMania should have Cody, Roman, and Seth work double duty with a tag, then singles. Roman should lose twice so that Rock can exile him and Roman turn babyface. Cody gets the pinfall twice. Now, I'm not having Cody beat Roman before Sunday night. That's fucking terrible. You guys got to stop. Like, I understand we're in, the, we're in this instantaneous gratification society, but stop hot-shotting stuff. Like, they need Roman and they need The Rock, in my opinion, together for a little bit. Yeah. If it doesn't happen and they do break it up, okay, but they better have something good in the chamber. I'm not talking about Eliminus Chamber. I'm talking about the bullet chamber yeah. because that's a big bullet to shoot. James Gender with the three months. J.D. and Drew. You guys should be riders for AEW. I'm in. TK, the phone's open. Phone's open. MGM balling with 27 months. A few weeks ago, FTR and BCC were teaming up often. Now they're in a pull-apart brawl. Where's the story? Oh, he facepalmed him. Brilliant story. Not. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why Collision doesn't really get my uh, my live viewing on a Saturday night. And it's more like Saturday Night Rampage than actual a continuation of Dynamite. I, as soon as Punk left, it didn't feel the same. So, well, I mean, that's a those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. Sidra with a two. Cody finished the story. AW begin a story. Yeah. Not to say that they don't tell stories. It's just they don't do it consistently. Jamel, it's very, it's very yeah. here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. Keep me on one road for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jamel Turney with a four ninety nine. Uh, I can't take what Roman says about Seth as too credible, seeing that he has never beat Seth in a title match. It's true. Guys, can I say something real quick, JD? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make this very clear. You don't give two shits whether Roman wins or loses at WrestleMania. I go to sleep at night, I lay next to my wife, and I'll leave it at that. I don't care. I don't, care, I don't care who wins and loses at WrestleMania. As long as it's good and as long as it makes some sense, I don't care. You know, at this point, I don't care either because if Drew and I did 9,900 for WrestleMania kickoff, I know I'm probably going to do 9,000 or so for WrestleMania that night, and I'm going to go into Monday Night Raw with another 9,000 live on Monday night. I don't give a fuck, man. You want to know why? Because I'm here doing what I love and I'm making the money. That's all I give a shit about. Yeah. I love what I do. If Cody wins, great. If Roman wins, great. You know what? It's exciting and it's unpredictable. And you're going to be angry and you're going to feel our anger or you're going to hear us fucking vent too. So I'm just saying, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> bro, listen to me when I tell you Roman's losing on Sunday. I don't care. Cool. Let him lose. Whatever. I mean, awesome. Okay, I'm going to punch. I'm going to punch a fucking child in the face because I'm so angry. Come on, man. That's it. I'm not, I'm not eating for a week. I don't care. <laughs> Word. I'm not watching the show anymore, man. Fuck it. I don't get my money anymore. Yeah, shut up, man. You'll thing. be watching Raw after Manny, man. Shut that's, the fuck up. That's the other thing. I want to see all you knuckleheads. I want to see you cancel your Peacock, Peacock subscription. I want to see it when when whoever wins and loses. All you, I, I'm done here. I'm done. Okay. Jason Barker with the $2 Super Chat. What are we doing with the nuggets? I'm not eating McDonald's nuggets. I haven't eaten fast food in fucking years. So he can keep them. Matt Phillips reviews with the $2 Super Chat. What are the odds Stone Cold faces The Rock at WrestleMania? Zero. It's nothing more than a fantasy booking scenario. Black Wolf with the 10. 
Okay, it would be worth it if the storyline is that Cody held the title for a year and Roman wins the Royal Rumble next year, setting up their final oh. confrontation where Cody ends the saga once and for all. No. Oh Lord. You guys, you guys, you guys are getting just as bad as Thursday night, man. Just as bad. It's all come, right. Come it's all on right. Now. You're invested. That's all that matters. That's cool. Uh, Armando Jones with a two dollar super chat. Throw Nick Aldis versus Rock at WrestleMania. No. Oh, that's it. I'm out of here. No, come on, guys. Armando, what are you drinking, man? Seriously, put it down. Clone Force with a 199. Batista or KO versus, or Batista or KO or Orton versus Rock. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Mohammed with a five. Roman no longer needs the title. The Jay Uso story proved that. Neither does the story with Rock. Also, we can't keep feeding more people to Roman. No more people. They fed everybody to Roman. He's got no one else to feed on. Who, I mean, just can you name somebody he hasn't beaten? No. All right, then. JD and Drew do great work, says Basic. 11 months. Priest can cash in after the night one tag match and beat Rollins. Priest defends on night two against the winner of the chamber. I mean, it's a possibility. Sure. I don't see that happening, though. Angel Alaga with a $20 super chat. Hi, JD and Drew. Did you guys get me, get my super bomb last week? Sorry, I sent it late. Anyway, you guys are fantastic and are the best duo in the business. Period. I'm, I don't know, did we? Thank you, Angel. I don't, I, I don't. I don't know, man. I'd have to go back and look, man. Uh, either way, we love you and we appreciate you. We know how generous yeah, you are you. to the show, man. Thank you very much. Fixes a bind with 16 months. Was the Rock really that stupid to think there wouldn't be a backlash? I can't believe that. I don't think he was. Yeah, I think he was. I think his ego kind of said, uh, "Hey, man." Me first, and then everybody else second. I mean, you didn't hear that man at the press conference and on Pat McAfee's show? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's working a little bit, but he legitimately said, like, you're going to take what I give you, and you're going to like it. Yeah. Well, that's Hollywood Rock coming out. Mm-hmm. Theme parks and things with Johnny Tudor Super Jets. Not Hollywood Rock. It's the High Chief Rock. Okay. Phil, 999, just my opinion. If anyone could wrestle both nights and make it work, it's Cody. Rock, Cody, night one. Whoever wins gets added to the Universal title match on night two. Imagine if Cody beats Rock and Roman. Sure, but is it worth it? If something happens to Cody or Rock in that match on Saturday, is it worth it? You got to protect your investment. I gave AEW a lot of shit with MJF and Adam Cole. I thought it was crazy. They pulled it off. but Man, I don't kiss the devil one too many times here. Playing with fire. Daniel Gray with a new membership and a five-dollar super chat. I'm about 30 minutes watching live about the tag match. I think it will win in swerve of some kind so they don't have to worry about a loser. Seth's, Seth's going to turn. I mean, again, it's a possibility, Daniel. I mean, I don't think the tag team match works in any aspect at all, so I don't even know why we bothered doing it. Uh, Gears with a $5 super chat. What if Rock is a special guest ref and during the match he gets knocked out by Roman and Triple H appears with a ref shirt on to help Cody? Good show, guys. Rock is not refing this goddamn match. <laughs> you, heard comment. you heard it. Thank you, Love Gears. You, Come on. A wise guy with a nine ninety nine. Thoughts on Braun and his future. I can see him as a Heyman guy in defeating Gunther or Sammy for the world title. No, Strowman should not be be beating Gunther. No. They'll probably put Gunther, uh, you know, in the world championship title picture on Raw and, and Braun. I could see him resuming his tag team with Ricochet. 
Alan Alec with a two. Thoughts on the sports-based approach of WWE now? I love it. I think it's great. It's like, some, little- it's like, it's like somebody said that yeah. before the Royal Rumble. You sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah. we all like it. That's yeah. what we're, you know, the entertainment aspect's cool, but yes. Andy Suppers with a two. Is anyone due to return to Raw soon? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Andrade's coming. Andrade had a vignette last night. Vignettes work, don't they? Mm-hmm. Crazy concept. Rich Mulatto with a 199. HBK versus The Rock at WrestleMania 40. Now, that's good shit, pal. Not, no, I don't want to see Bolt Shawn Michaels wrestle ever again. Stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Bolt Slander will never be tolerated. <laughs> don't worry. I'm getting there. And then Chakra Rasta. Finally, one more to go. Five dollars Super Chat. JD, watch Collision. It was a real good show. Plenty of storylines. Somebody asked sure. for a picture of me with hair. I don't know if I have one, but I mean, I'll try and find one for you. Sure. Sure. Thank you, Chakra Rasta. Uh, I, I usually catch up on uh, Collision when I'm on the train going to the gym. Uh, but that's it, man. That's all we got. Any closing words before uh, I hit the music and get the hell out of here? Uh, no, you know, again, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't make their opinion stupid. This is a show that me and JD love to do and just uh, be kind to each other. At the end of the day, you're all talking about the same thing. It's professional wrestling. I'm not pro AEW. I'm not pro WWE. I'm pro wrestling. And you guys should be too. Enjoy or don't whatever they put out, but don't hate each other. That's just stupid. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, Rooney from Pond Country with a 199. JD, if you kiss Andy with tongue, I'll buy a shirt. No, thank you. I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Rooney! I'll be no kissing, no boys. Thanks. Get out of here. Uh, thank you guys very much for all of your support. Thank you for supporting TNT on Tuesday nights. Please hit that thumbs up. Please hit that subscribe button down below. And please follow us on social media. Daniel Gray with a last-minute $10 super chat. Don't want to tag either, but set this hurt. And can work light. And Rock can also work light. Still stupid. But it's WWE after all. LOL. No tag team match. And Armando with the $2. Is WWE in talks with Jacob Fatu or Tamatonga? I'm sure they're in talks with both. Jacob Fatu for sure, I hope. Anyway, guys. Follow Drew on social media at Andrew Baydala. Follow me on social at JD from NY206 on X. And make sure you guys tune in tomorrow night live for the AEW Dynamite Post right here on OTS. We'll see you guys later.